on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt may be flying solo like Han, but he's ready and willing to take a deep dive into the Andor finale and everything it had to offer. On his journey down Rick's Road, he'll talk about the finale's top five moments, as well as a few of its Star Wars references. Thanks to Lord Gilroy hitting the circuit, he'll also discuss Andor Season 2's time jump, plot points, and returning characters. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewie! And just like that, the mics are hot. Hey now, everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. And as you can see, we kicked Nick's ass off the show and replaced him with Trevor Williams, a.k.a. at 1-6 Shooter. Hey, Trevor, thanks for joining in. I mean, it, it, when Nick told me he was not going to be here to break down the last episode of Andor, I was like, well, I, I can't do this myself. Like, come on. I mean, that that's a pretty epic thing to happen in star wars and any star wars property the finale you get absolutely you got it you know you got to tackle it you got to you got to take a deep dive and it's usually better when you have another person to talk to because in the end yeah i, I hear my arguments and my opinions on star wars non-stop in my head so <laughs> what's what's the fun in, in in getting online doing a live stream doing a podcast and essentially just talking to myself with the stuff that i already know and i already believe in and i already support so i'm glad exactly. you can join in um uh, we will definitely go yeah, through, i'm glad i could be here we'll definitely go through the andor finale aka rick's road we you know we'll do our usual we'll review it we'll talk about top moments we'll talk about easter eggs if there were any references all the fun stuff that tony gilroy aka lord gilroy presented in the final episode mm -hmm. of andor and then We'll get into Andor season two. It's already filming. Tony's already talking about it. So there are some details already available about season two in terms of timelines. Are there going to be time jumps? How many, uh, how much time will the three episode arcs actually take up? Will they take up a full year or will it just be a few days in a year? We're learning this stuff. So we'll talk about that once we're done processing the Andor finale. So when will Luthen be revealed as a Jedi? That's what <laughs> He's still sticking to it. And I will. I mean, if it happens, uh, one six shooter, Trevor, he will get the credit. I remember I, it was back on episode four. He was on this lowly little show in the chat, in the live stream here, and, and he made that call. Uh, I'm still not sold on it, mostly. Um, I'm less, I'm less. Yeah. Uh, enthusiastic about the idea, but I think he is Jedi adjacent. There is something. Yeah, I, there, I agree. I mean, he. I, well, I got some thoughts on that. We'll talk okay, about Okay. Yeah. There, there's. The, the force was involved in his life somehow, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. just either mm -hmm. family members or the planet he came from, the culture, whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Right. Full Jedi. I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't think so, mostly because of Tony. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, just because of some of his actions and, and what he's up to. But yeah, like I said, if you got more on that, we'll definitely get there because 
there's going to be some top moments that Luthen was involved in, in particular, the the end moment there and, and what all that means for season two mm-hmm. and moving on. So, yeah, but before we get into that, you know, we, we typically like to take a tour around Pop Culturesville and, and discuss some new stuff that's out there that geeks and people that listen to the Star Wars Time Show may want to waste their time on. So I'm going to go ahead and start with a movie from Disney that apparently is not doing so hot at the box office, and that is Strange World, which, you know, Trevor, yeah. I know when I when I mentioned it to you, you're like, well, what the hell's that? I, I wouldn't expect it to be on no. too many people's radar. It's a, uh, I don't think... Yeah, I know what it is, but I they haven't done a great job of, of pushing this movie at all, man. It's just like, they haven't, they haven't, I, I don't feel like they're confident in it. Yes, so, okay, you know, and that's exactly... Like, why should I go see it? That's exactly yeah. what, what I was going to say. It's, um... It, it did not feel like Disney promoted this movie well at all. I, I mean, Trevor, is he's dead on. Uh, I The only reason I went to see it is because I, you know, I got a little girl. Uh, she watches her iPad at night. I'm sure she was getting hit on the, on the YouTube kids with trailers, watching Disney Plus, this, that, and the other thing. So we went and checked it out. But Trevor is not wrong. Disney, th- th- there's something going on here. I don't know if they... Uh, you know, they, I, I'm sure because of the um, the queer relationships, it, it's not screening in foreign countries like Russia and China and all that. So I'm sure that had an effect. But also mm-hmm. here, I mean, it, it it's definitely getting review bombed for reasons it shouldn't be getting bombed. You know, from all the the weirdos out there that tend to worry about other people's choices in lives more than their own life mm-hmm. and, and how they act and what they're doing. But I'll tell you what, I mean, after seeing it, 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 it's okay. It's better than average. It's not like, oh shit, I'm going to go see it again type of Disney movie. I will say that it's got a nice little plot twist in it. Uh, you know, that, that kind of ties into some, I guess you could talk climate change, stuff like that. So it had some good Disney messages, not just Disney mm-hmm. messages, just good human messages. But it, it it was lacking some of that that Disney magic. So I mean, it, it is more like a, a seven out of ten type of movie. Uh, I would I would probably say you're good waiting until it hits Disney Plus in in thirty days, especially mm. if you don't have kids or, or or if you're not really into Disney animation anymore. It's nothing you need to yeah. run out and see. Uh, but it's definitely not the tire fire that it's being kind of described of, but on on like a Rotten Tomatoes. But that is the problem. Well, it's it's great and it's great for me and it's great for a lot of people, but it is the problem that you know that you can just wait 30 days and you can watch this uh, in the comfort of your own home. 100%. Uh, without spending, you know, 50 bucks for your entire family, especially if you've got kids and they want popcorn and they want soda and everything else. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, kids are a little more plugged into media now, so they know what's going on. Uh, it's hard to suppress that it's out in the theaters right now, but it's you just say, you know, hey, wait till next month and we'll watch it on TV and uh, for Christmas or whatever, you know. No, uh, I, so I think you're right. Box office is suffering, suffering. Yeah. For a lot of, a lot of movies. You're not wrong. Even one of the stars, Gabrielle Union, she's like, listen, I mean, people are now conditioned to just wait. I mean, it, yeah. this started with the yeah. pandemic. I mean, we were getting movies that were meant for theaters delivered right to the streaming networks. Uh, now, while that doesn't happen hand in hand now, it, it has kind of become a 30, 45, 50 day wait. And you're you're getting box office movies at home while they're yeah. still at the theater. So I, yeah. I think that that, that there, there's a few factors in there. Again, the people that don't like seeing things that aren't them, uh, the mm-hmm. lack of promotion and mm-hmm. just 
the 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 ecosystem has changed for cinema, and and hopefully not and to the detriment of never getting theater movies, but it it has definitely changed. Yeah. No, I love the theater, but there is the, the other thing is I I mean I don't know about you, but I have a list a mile long of things that I have to catch up and watch, and we're trying to rush through you know Netflix series. Uh, you know, one after the other, because there's just so much good stuff on TV now it's, on all it's, these it's different too, platforms. Too much. Too. And it's like if something. Hey, <laughs> she's here. That's that's my like buddy. That's my buddy Trevor. Yeah, had, we're talking about Strange World. What do you think of Strange World? Since it was meant for you. Good. Thumbs up. You liked it. Thumbs up. Yeah, all right, I would love go. to live there if there was like a city, but not too much people. Okay, you're like me then. Because yeah, me too. <laughs> Less people, the better. All right, good to see you, little kid. <laughs> Absolutely. So there you go. There's a. But I mean, unless it's something that's off the charts, great. That's getting lots of buzz. You know, you're what's fine your man. There's yeah. so much good stuff to watch. In the meantime, I can wait till it comes out on onto stream. Well, that's. I mean, so. Nick and I were riffing on that last week. It's like, and I'm sure you're the same way at your house. I mean, do you feel like your my list just keeps growing and growing oh. and growing? Uh, be it Netflix list or Prime's buddy. list or Disney's oh, list. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah, I'll add that to my list. I'll never yeah. watch it, but I'll add it. So, yeah. Have you watched this? And then we just watched like 1899, which was incredible. And then is that, saying, oh, if you, that's fully you like out, that, right? Because that, that's a Netflix yeah, that's show. Fully, so, that, so that's fully yeah. dumped, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard um, yeah, that if not. you if you watch the wrong dub, it kind of fucks it up because there's so many different languages spoken that when they try to dub it, 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 it kind of. Oh, there's a. If there's a dub, that's going to be terrible. No, just do the subtitles. Okay, like yeah. half the people speak English, another uh, speaking Swedish or German, and just yeah, yeah, just yeah. No, that, that's what I mean. It's like somehow it was defaulting to one of the other. Uh, oh, that would be awful. One of the no, other no, modes, no. and everyone was speaking English, but it wasn't the proper translations mm. for the actual no, English being not. spoken. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I never watch Dark, and I, I that's from the same people that made Dark. So uh, that's excellent. So that's on my list. Damn you know it! What I mean, that's damn what I mean. it! Like, Dude, you're giving me all right. Watch. No more homework. No more homework. But back to the movies. And the one reason I still try to go once a week is because at AMC, I don't know if you have AMC chain by you. Yeah, uh, but do. they they do the 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 Stubbs Reward A list program. So for twenty bucks a month, I can watch three movies a week. And when you have an AMC a mile and a half away, when you can literally leave when the movie starts and get there before the trailers are over, <laughs> it's a nice little setup. I mean, it was a lot better when yeah. I didn't have a kid and I had more more freedom. But uh, yeah, I, I do try to still get out into the theaters. Like like this week, I mean, just comparing to streaming networks, there are a bunch of in theater movies. I, I want I want to watch that Devotion. I want to watch the Fablemans from Spielberg. I yeah, Fablemans. Uh, Sun. I want to see that you. new uh, shit. It's coming out this week with uh, David Harbor. The, the the like the John oh, Wick yeah, Santa one me. where he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Santa yeah, yeah. just fucks people up. I want to go check that out. So hopefully. You know, the movies don't die completely, but I, I think Strange World and its its fail this week. I think it only made eighteen million, and, and the budget was like one hundred and thirty or something crazy like that. So it's yeah. it's a failure. Um, but you know, hopefully yeah. that doesn't all go away. I, I do like the. I think it's WB that does. It's like a fifty day wait from theater, then it goes on HBO Max. That that might be the right balance versus the. That's the incentive. You got to wait almost two months for something. I don't unless it, you know. Unless it's something I'm just not interested in, I'm I'm probably going to go and, and see it. You know what I mean? Like right. if Glass Onion was going to be 60 days out before, I, I probably wouldn't go to the theater. My problem is like the other thing is, you know, my wife, she likes going to the theater, but like 
not when it's crowded with people. So forget about going to Marvel day one. She's like, go by yourself. Yeah, we'll watch yeah, it yeah. again. Oh, that, yeah, man, I'm, I'm mostly a solo theater guy myself now, but I, yeah, I yeah. try to, unless it's a, a big release like that. I also try to go on off times. I'm yeah. always, I, I almost always sit in the handicap row now. Cause I know that's my best chance that some dickhead even in a, <laughs> even in an open theater isn't going to sit right next to me. Have you ever had oh, that? Dude, I just, yeah, I just went to, well, I mean, it's assigned seats now for everything. So every place I go is assigned seats. They're, they're comfortable seats and everything, the reclining things. But I just went to see, oh, God, what was it? Uh, it was, hmm, what was the last? I don't know. It was a Marvel movie. I, I think it might have been Spider-Man. I don't know. Anyway, sat, oh, no, you know what it was? It was, uh, it was the Dio um, documentary. So anyway, I sit next to this, bu- this bunch of guys. It's packed. It's a big guy, kind of heavy set guy. And he just starts coughing like crazy. He is just hacking up a lung. And I'm like, oh, Christ. And I didn't bring my mask. So I ran down to my car before the movie started. <laughs> Put my mask on. And he's just looking at me the whole time like, like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And then he, he leans over me. He's like, hey, I noticed you went and got your mask. I'm sorry about that. He's like, I don't have COVID. I just have, like, when I eat a lot. And he was like, road <laughs> Like, just... It just, Job I'm like, hut. well, yeah. maybe you could do something about that, yeah, man. Dude. You're going to die. Yeah, you stop know I mean? eating like, so like, much. I don't know, you know, but he had to like say, I don't have COVID. You know, I've been tested. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> you got to love people, man. It's, it's great sharing public uh, spaces with oh, people. I mean, it's like, God. there's a con coming up in Columbus this weekend and there's tickets. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to go because it's going to be. Nothing it's a COVID fest. Herds of people, Everyone man. Is a COVID yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and and just people on their own sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, it depends on that, that's who you're going to see. But that's yeah. more of it now. I mean, I I, I got COVID. Right. I'm pretty sure I suffer from long COVID, so I'm already fucked. I'm multi boosted. Got got the new one at this point. I just, I just go out and roll the dice like all these other assholes. But now yeah, the, the, the thing that drives me nuts in theaters, and it is with the assigned seats. But have you mm-hmm. ever had to where you know the theater's fucking wide open when you're picking your seat, yeah. and yet when you get there, <laughs> some nut job, one guy, yeah, is either yeah. right next to you or one seat separated from you, and and, and there are times yeah. where I just want to get, look at them and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you you <laughs> saw that there was a person sitting there, and you saw that the mm-hmm. rest of the theater is open. Like, why, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> <sighs> oh well yep. all right yep. well uh i think the other pop culture thing you and i we briefly discussed that we probably should talk about is the uh the gardens of the galaxy holiday special which you know i, I saw it, it was like a week or two ago just getting tons of positive mm-hmm. buzz on on socials james gunn was putting a lot of stuff out and i'm a fan of gunn and i figured mm-hmm. it was going to be pretty good but i i watched i was like yeah it's it's pretty fucking good i mean it it's, it was right. Yeah, it it's good. it's the Guardians of the Galaxy, man. I just I love the way he writes them. I like the yep. the humor there, which kind of approaches adult level humor versus you yeah. know kind of being dumbed down, so it goes over kids' head. It's almost like it's coming right to adults. Uh, and this one was all humor. I mean, yeah. you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy sprinkles it in amongst uh, some sort of crisis. You know what I mean? And you know, even death and things like that. You know, with, but uh, this was just all fun but i think that was what they were trying to do i think they were like poking fun at the 
Star Wars holiday special a little bit. You know what I mean? The goofiness of that and bringing celebrities into it and stuff like that. <laughs> so I thought Bacon. it was I mean, a lot of fun. I, I just, <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> the, just the fact that it, it's just random Kevin Bacon because apparently Quill, that's yeah. what he used to talk about a lot is all the Kevin Bacon yep. movies because Six Degrees Save to Kevin. So... <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it's fun. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's it's not a long uh, slog. I think it's like forty minutes, but it, it tells a. F- and there's some stuff in there that is going to be relevant. Like it wasn't all just fluff. So there's some stuff in there that's relevant. Right, like to the, the I won't go into big spoilers. Yeah, but spoil. is the Mantis thing from the comics, Trevor? Or is that something they're doing for the MCU? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure okay, about well, that. Guardians, my Guardians were different Guardians back in the day, so yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Like I said, we don't we don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But this this apparently was the the final phase four entry. Yeah. Um, yep. That's so it. there we go. Not that. I found this on the web. Hey Siri. Not that much happened <laughs> in. Uh, Phase four. I was gonna say it didn't drive phase four any further than it had been. Yeah, dude, phase four. It's almost like Feige was just dicking around. It's like a taking a break phase, and he lightly set up some potential big bads coming with yeah in uh, in Loki, which and then obviously in the trailer for Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania, you, you finally get to see Kang, but they didn't really latch into any of that within the movies, at least more so on the on the the shows. But in Feige, I know we it's setting up the multiverse, but like. There's no thread for me. There Correct. wasn't enough of a thread that it was like, oh, I see where we're going. Yeah, I don't know. Because even I mean, the I stingers didn't really connect. Because, you, you know, in phase one, no. two, and three, they all, if you watch them, you can see. It's like, all right, that stinger starts in Iron Man, and that lays the groundwork yeah. for Avengers, which then lays the groundwork for the battle versus Thanos, and so on and so forth. I would have thought Kang, if he's going to be part of, like, the next part of this would have been threaded in right, there here and right. there. Like so how's he maybe there's a reason. How did he not do Ant-Man something in uh in, in Doctor Strange too? Seen him. You know what I mean? Like that that movie seemed like a perfect yeah. that he was dealing with the multiverse. Yeah. So it's like exactly. oh well. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. All right. But yeah and Foggy we trust. For sure. And then uh the last little thing we, we won't spend any time on because because Trevor hasn't seen it. And I, I think Tones brought this up last week in the live stream chat, which by the way if you want to join in 230 P East Tuesdays, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Maybe next week we'll have Nick back or we'll just keep Trevor here. You never know. Um, no, but Spirited, it's a new a new uh, Christmas movie on Apple TV Plus or whatever the hell that's called now, Apple Plus. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a reimagining musical approach to A Christmas Carol starring Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and a bunch of other famous people. And uh, even if musicals aren't your thing, it's it's good. I mean, it, it's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. I like both the dudes. I, I like their brand of comedy. I like their movies. And they do mesh well together. Plus, in the end, it's got a nice little Christmas story behind it. So, Is it, is it really tied into the elf um, world? Like, is it is it in that supposedly, like, it was supposed to tie into the elf world? It exists there, in the there's, elf. Yeah, there's like a... I mean, there's there's an in-your-face Easter egg where someone's literally, literally oh, okay. wearing his yeah. elf costume. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay. It, it's more gotcha. directly related to Ebenezer and all that shit, like Christmas past, mm-hmm. present, and yet to come, all that. So, okay. Um, but it's good. I mean, it it it's, again has a, has a, has a good message a that good is that is relevant. I mean, it kind of deals with. You know, uh, Scrooge, he was stingy. He was just a dickhead to people. But that, you know, that was in like the 1800s. This one, it's kind of like 
using using social media and being dickhead to people and what that can cause and so on and so forth. So oh, interesting. Um, oh, yeah, it, interesting. like I said, it, it, it's it's a fun little thing to throw on uh, now that the holidays are, are fully kicked in. We're through Thanksgiving, so now we really can dig into Christmas. And according to my wife, you're not allowed to watch Christmas movies until after Thanksgiving, anyways. So that's what we started with, and and I recommend it to. <laughs> I agree with that. Who have been waiting. But now, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get all my Princess Switch 1, 2, and 3 going on Netflix and uh, was it a Prince Christmas. I heard. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. They're, they're, no, are you, are you, I'm being dead serious. Are you on the Hallmark No, they, these are all Netflix Christmas movies oh, okay. starring Vanessa Hudgens. And they're, oh, they're great. <laughs> I love her and I love the, the, the crappy Christmas movies they make on Netflix. Check them out. Princess Switch Trilogy. <laughs> It's a trilogy for Christ's okay. sake, Trevor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of a commitment. Yeah, there, a there's like a hero's own. arc. There's journeys. There's everything. You love it. It's just like Star Wars. So I am now looking forward to the Christmas stories. Christmas. Yeah, story, I, Christmas I want to story. check that out too. I, I, like I heard it was I, good. I heard it was actually Now, have good, you ever watched so. the direct sequel oh, that no, they replaced yes. all the fucking cast? Oh, God, yes. Horrible. Yeah, I, I haven't even touched it because you just, you, you look at the box art and you're like, this they're not even the same Horrible. people. And then they did a musical and I think they did it live on like one of those NBC uh, live musicals where they've done like the sound of music and stuff. And that was uh, awful too, man. It was, but yeah, I want, I want to check you out old Ralphie and, and see what's going Ralphie. on for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, and that's HBO, I believe. So, uh, and I think we're, I think we're getting one, at least one more new Christmas movie and i believe it stars the rock and ryan reynolds so you know that's gonna be that'll be something interesting i believe that's a netflix or two wow that is just gonna make nothing says christmas (laughs) yeah dude and he's in like red leather i believe so perfect all right man yeah this is a star wars time show i did bring you on so we could we could talk some star wars in particular Andor episode 12 rick's road and, you know, I usually let Nick uh, kind of do his brief re- review first. So we'll go ahead and keep that trend going. I mean, I, I kind of my, my post title here, sticking the landing. I don't know. Could there be a question mark? <laughs> what what does Trevor say? Did the Andor finale stick um, its landing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This this has been uh, this is my favorite Star Wars uh, television um you know, uh, streaming show. Uh, and it's my favorite star Wars thing since rogue one and rogue one. I, I remember I was thinking about it, like watching rogue one for the first time. I was like, okay, I got out of it. And I was like, wow, that was really good. But everybody died and there's no spoiler alert. And there's no, like, there's never going to continue. Like there's no more stories for these people. Right. Like I can't think that this is as good as some of the OT. And I, you know, I watched it again. I'm like, yeah, this is like probably number four for me at this point. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe close to number three over Return of the Jedi. Maybe it's, it's incredible. I love that. Have you watched it since Um, finishing season one? Oh yeah. I not since, but I watched it prior to Andor coming up. Cause that was my, like Um, the whole time I'm watching Andor, I'm like, man, this is fucking great. I want to watch it. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Rogue one. But I was like, I'm not doing it until I watch the whole season. So this weekend, uh, I fired up yeah. Rogue One again, and, and I can tell you, I, I'm someone that has always appreciated the movie, the movie, but it never moved me. I was just like, "All right, cool, mm. that was neat," but it's it wasn't Star Wars. There's no mm-hmm. Jedi and all that shit. One of those guys. Mm-hmm. 
I watched it now after watching Andor, and, and the movie is 100% different. It, it feels different. There's Isn't more. It? There's more gravity to it. Cassian feels more like a yes. fleshed out character. You understand his motivations. Yes. Everything makes sense. Yes. And even that thing where, you know, you, you look on his blue jacket and you see that book there. It's like, yeah, that's probably Nemec's manifesto. Why not? Exactly. And, and so all that, right. it, just in one season of Andor, it, it, made Rogue One even greater than it already was. To me, it it now feels like a a real Star Wars movie. Um it it it's got yeah. that through line like you're saying. We we now understand the characters in the universe the universe a bit more. And 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 parts of what it took to get that Rebel Alliance set up on Yavin. So it it, it definitely resonates much differently for someone like me after watching Andor season one. Sure. And when they announced the Andor series, I was like, okay, this will be some fun adventures of him and K2SO or something like that. And I said, no, K2SO isn't in it right away. And I'm like, oh, what, what is this going to be? Right. Like, why does this need to be? Um, and now having seen it and thought about it more like, you know, Rogue One was Jin's, for the yes. most part, Jin's arc. You know what I mean? Her story um, with some great characters, great surrounding characters, but nobody that was fleshed out. I mean, you know. God knows, as I want to know a lot more about some of these characters. And um, this has given it to us, and it's doing a great job of supporting that. And like you said, after watching this and watching Rogue One, it's like, wow, the gravity of that last scene and the whole thing, really, just his yes. attitude towards everything. You know what I mean? It's like you know who he is. Exactly. Now. You know, I mean, and we haven't even seen the whole thing. We, we've only uh, yeah, seen it up to the, the point where he's part. like, okay, I'm down, I'm down with this rebellion now. I'm, it's I'm it's only going to get better. Uh, like season two, and, and, and we're going to talk about season two and what some of the plots are going to touch on because Tony Gilroy has, they, they started filming last week. Gilroy's out there talking about it. And it is. It, it, we are going to see even more of the mustering of the rebel cells towards the Masasi Temple on Yavin and, and how we get to that organized rebellion in Rogue One, uh, which, you know, you, you get pieces yeah. of it in Star Wars Rebels, but it's always nice to get it fleshed out in live action. So, all right. There kind of a tangent there with Rogue One. So so the finale, yeah. how did how did it hit for you? I yeah. mean, were you like, damn, I, best episode this, of the season? Kind of or were you like, ah, there was no surprises, no twists? Or what do you think? It's hard to overcome the prison, um, you know, episodes, some of, some of the, especially the escape, but this one was probably in my top three. And the reason is more subtle. There was a lot of little things, just seeing Luthen standing there watching, um, watching, uh, Marva, Marva's, uh, speech and re you could see it. He's such a great actor. And that's the other thing about the show. There's so many, and there was moments in this one uh, as well, like that, where you could just see on the people's faces, the actor, what he's getting out of these people. You don't have to say a word. Like he's standing there watching it going, this, this is what yeah, it's he's about. Like, this is right exactly here. what I want I mean, to happen like, on every planet. Forget <laughs> about necessarily raising tons of money. And yes, we need that aspect of it, but this is the, this is the thing, like just getting, people to realize oh, yeah. that they can stand no, up. He, he had a hard on watching that speech just like the rest of us did. I mean, oh, it was incredible. Speech was incredible. Very moving. Um, obviously B2 emo. I love B2 emo. And, and it's like, it was, it's interesting that him just knocking over B2 emo, just flipping him over made everybody it. as, as it felt for me, like I felt the rage, you know, you want to stand up. And as soon as you felt that way, everybody just started like, it was great. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
I, I loved every aspect of it, man. There's just the subterfuge of them, you know, you know, uh, disguising, what was his name? Um, his friend there, uh, Brasso, uh, and, and not being Brasso and the fact that they got, uh, it was just, it's such, it's such good writing and it's just like, you know, it's like, it could, I told my wife, like she didn't, she, when we watched the first couple episodes pretty late and she fell asleep and I'm like, then she kind of fell off because I just kept wanting to watch oh, yeah. the, the episode after episode. And I said, you got to watch this because she likes Star Wars. I'm like, this could be any movie. It's just, it's just a great, um, you know, prison escape, uh, arc for, it could have been any movie set in the Star Wars. It just happens to be set in the Star Wars universe, man. I mean, I don't miss lightsabers or Jedi or Sith or any of that stuff. I like to see Palpatine somewhere in there just to, as a reminder of the bigness. But I, I tell you, somebody said, and I totally agree that this made the empire since not since probably the first two movies made the empire scary. Oh, yeah, again. dude. I mean, like, they don't. And I, I think it, they have gravity. Yes. I, I appreciate you know? that, that none of the bigs made it. I, I like that they just name dropped mm -hmm. Palpatine. That was enough because you, you could see the, the ISB mm -hmm. and their butts would get all clenched when they had to just mention his name. Like I, I talked to Palpatine today. Yeah. It's the monster you don't yeah, see. And, and I think even like, in the finale, doesn't Padigaz kind of tell Dedra like, yo, chill out. We, we, we got Palpatine a win with this uh, Anto Krieger victory. So shut the fuck up. You, you focus on right, Axis. Right. Leave me alone. It's okay. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I dug that. I mean, so for me on the finale, I, I pretty much echo everything you said. I, I will be honest when it ended is like, oh shit, it just ended. Like there, there was, there wasn't a, a season finale twist or turn. Not that you, not, not that one is required, but we're kind of conditioned mm -hmm. when you watch a series that the finale or the episode before is usually going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you that may lead into season two. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh shit, I can't wait for season two. We didn't get such as Luther's Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> now we didn't, we didn't get that reveal yet. He didn't whip out his lightsaber when, when Cassian challenged him, <laughs> but even, even without yeah. a twist or a turn, it ended. And I was like, fuck, is it 2024 yet? Because I want I more. I, I, I would pick this thing up just like Ryan yeah. Johnson did on TFA. I would pick it up that moment in the ship in season two. Now that's yeah. sadly not going to happen. Um, but I, yeah. I was just like, fuck. I think that scene said it all. Oh though. yeah. You, you don't need was, to, you don't need to. So yeah, well you don't done. need to again, scars guards, just a little smile. And that's all you need to know that he was I, like, I got my oh, guy. Finally, he's guy. like fucking a, I, I, I got guy. a dude. I got yeah. another dude. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've got my vels, I've got my mons. And now he's like, I got, yeah, this guy's I got my Andor. Uh, yeah, it was, it, he's a it was great. Yep. So, uh, I mean, at the end, I, I was, I was left wanting more. And to me, that's a sign of greatness. And, and I, 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 I selfishly, I wish that Tony and his team were sticking to the full five season run now. Uh, it, it's, it's oh, kind of a bummer too. that we only have 12 episodes left. That's it. 12 episodes. He says it's going to cover four yeah. years. I don't know how that works now that we're taking a year off in between season one and two, but whatever. That's what Tony says, so we believe him. Like a year every three episodes, which is, I mean, if he if anybody can do it, he can do no, it. No, I, I, I mean, it. I, you know I mean? it's going to work. He, he encapsulated stories in three episodes Correct. with this arcs that felt great and felt like little mini movies and stuff. Um, so he could do it. I just, I love. All the subtleties. That, the that's what I mean. Like I, I, I love to see four full seasons of right, four full exactly. years. That, that's back. what I want. I want 12 episodes to a year, not three episodes to a year. Yeah. But hey, it, it is what it is. 
budget cuts, Tony. I mean, I, you can you can kind of get that Tony just wants to try something different because if you think about it, he's he's he, he will have been on Andor for probably five or six years by the time season two wraps and and it airs in twenty four. If it means that it looks like this and the budget that they had allocated for a show like this went into it and they could only do two seasons and they weren't using the volume and they made sets that looked real like, like, uh, you know, um, the, what's their planet? Ferrex. Um, it looked incredible, man. Everything about that thing from the first episode, uh, it just felt like Star Wars, man. It was like, this is my 70s Star Wars. People with mutton Bro, chops. Bro, you're, are, you're not accents. in the bricks and screws you know camp? I mean? Have you heard that meme about there, there's like a faction of fans that are I, mad that there are bricks and screws in not, Star Wars? Yeah, I do not care for um, that particular channel. I don't know if you mind me. <laughs> that's theory, right? It, but uh, yeah. that's theory. I, I don't. I've never really Dude, liked. He's gone off the rails. Like I, I know he got he got famous because yeah. he made a pretty darn good fan fiction Star Wars movie. Uh, mm, um, I okay. disagree. See, here's the thing. Yes, that's why he got famous. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent. No, about please this, do. But his, idea the, the reason that he doesn't didn't like this and and there was another one the the nerd uh, uh the guys in on the morning i can't remember his name anyway they they both in the first three or four episodes hated it hated it where's my jedi where's my lightsabers this isn't star wars yada 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 and that's like his the vader thing looked great that he did it looked beautiful but there was there was no story it was like he over they over I don't know if he wrote it but they overwrote it too much dialogue wait saying way too much that's the difference between this when you could say something without saying something there's so much in this show that you, they said things without having to say it it was incredible and it's not just dialogue between Palpatine and Vader and then Vader spinning his lightsaber around it all looks cool you know what I mean from toy photography standpoint and everything else like hey. oh yeah that that would that'd be a great shot but it wasn't a great story. I, I did. And then he got on with you. Like this film was like, oh, you can't make money off of that. Well, duh, <laughs> it's not right. your property. Anyway, I got a lot. I mean, of he, he's he's like, like, like the I biggest really fucking channel like out it. there. It's it's crazy. But people love. They like the hate, man. People they love, love the hate. Yeah. And I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a product of the prequel generation where that's their, it, everything's yeah. got to look like the prequels. It's got to be the prequels. And yeah, maybe, but yeah, I mean, fuck him. Who cares? We're, we're the star Wars time show. We're a much more niche, small audience type of show. So I'm sure someone will rat us out. More intellectual. This isn't a more intellectual. Taste. Yeah. I, I believe at one time when we were on the interview kick, I had uh Spencer try to lock him up. Cause I, I just want to talk to the guy. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. There's, there's like a little, Hey, if he comes on and either has a good or bad time, maybe his legions of fans will at least hate our channel and that will drive traffic. Who knows? <laughs> beef, beef, beef. Yeah, brings of course, people dude. In, I just, I don't want to get down and play in the fucking mud. And, and as much as I would love no, to have a large audience, I'm not willing to do what the Star Wars channels do that do have a bigger audience. And that's clickbait I know. and pull yeah. shit out of their ass and just kind of hate talk about every subject. <laughs> And I, yeah, you, yeah, 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 I get my fair share of screaming and yelling and swearing, but I, I don't. Our, our, our agenda, our, yeah, that's right. Our agenda <laughs> isn't to rail on on Star Wars and how the creators are stupid and we could do better. And that that kind of feels like what most Star Wars fan podcasts and channels are. It's like we're better, we know better. George is the only one that can touch yeah. this. It's like, chill the fuck out. Like, why? Why do you even like? Star I mean, Wars? I have my problems. 
I have my problems with Star Wars. I mean, I have my problems with some of the the, the sequel movies and and some you know certain little aspects of it. I don't sit there and say like I could do better. There's no way I could do better. I just think sometimes like it, especially with the sequels, somebody kind of just like you know they like played the phone game and like nobody was really like hey wait a minute does this make coherent no, yeah, sense I mean, over the course of three movies we, you know what i mean so that dead that's horse. my main the, issue the sequels i know i know but i'm saying like i love star wars but i don't love every thing about star wars i don't but andor there, yeah there's that, there's not a single thing i hate about i've watched every star wars thing out there and i i would say i don't hate any of it but hey before we get back you you brought us something I had in my thoughts section, and you said it almost verbatim. And I want to talk about it a bit more because because like you, I do appreciate what I called Tony's show, but don't tell style of storytelling, and that's exactly what you just said. Um, and I think you really got this in the finale in the the Mon thread where anyway she didn't yeah. she didn't oh, she yeah. didn't have to explain oh, yeah. that she was throwing her husband under the bus but but we so saw it and it. it all made sense and then you get the little the yeah. little banger at the end where she agrees to meet davos's family and and possibly arrange that marriage and you didn't have to go into a long-winded exposition of why she was going to throw parent under the bus or explaining that she was it just made sense because that's how tony does it he just has to show you that's through his cast exactly. and a little bit of dialogue you can infer exactly what's happening and, and a lot of and he doesn't he doesn't treat you like exactly. an idiot you know what i mean he's like if you've made it this far you've been paying attention and you kind of understand what's going on and just subtle looks on her face she's amazing too um that you that you got at first i was like what is she doing you know what i mean why yeah. is you know and and then like hearing the guy the the driver in the front turn on like, the speaker oh, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, this is, and then I'm like, she's, oh, she's she it knows up. he's going to put oh, yeah. on the speaker. Excellent. So good. So good. Um, I mean, they nailed that. They, they, they let you off the hook if you didn't understand it when the guy went to uh, the ISP or whatever. Um, the driver. I mean, the, the, but, the whole uh, season was the, a lot of yeah. show don't tell. I mean, Luthen in particular had a ton of show but don't tell oh. moments where you, you, yeah. you could tell exactly what he wanted, but he never had to just come out and, and, having uh, you know another monologue like hey this is what i'm doing you idiots do you understand now okay now i'm gonna do it yeah yeah (laughs) exactly there was one where uh the guy who gave him up who he owed money to you know what i mean like he owed him money the um the dude that was like kind of you know going back to the uh to the imperials and telling them where he was going to be and where he was on ferrix his friend there well his friend he owed him money and when they, when they, he said, you know, arrest me and they took him in and they said something about either killing him and or, or something. And you could see, he just let out a little wince. He put his head down and went, yep. No, you, like, it, that, uh, like, oh, maybe it wasn't yeah, worth it's like, it. Oh, I you fucked know, maybe up. this wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know, maybe he would have paid me back. Yeah. He owed me money. I didn't really like him, but mm, I didn't really want to see the guy killed. They didn't have to say that. Well, dude, that the, the whole thread with that character, I think his name was like Nern or something like that. It was the it was the it was the yeah, black yeah, guy Nern. from episode one that was shaking Cassian down with the big tall alien. And you could tell and this right. well, this is money. again show well, and tell. You could tell as soon as that guy was in this episode, it's like he's gonna fucking rat out Cassian somehow. He didn't have to say it mm-hmm. to that other guy, like, hey, tell me about I mean it was it was perfect. Anyways, okay. So I think we both kind of agreed that we we enjoyed the finale it stuck its landing so let's go ahead and and dive through at least the five top moments that that i came up with if 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 i didn't hit on one that you had we'll go ahead and and touch on that but 
I'm going to start right off with, and this was more of a series of moments, but I lumped them in the one, Trevor. Hopefully that is okay. And it started with Cassian at Clem's stone, having the flashback about Clem and, you know, just Cassian kind of, it, it was like, oh, just, yeah, that, you know, yeah. remembering his family and why he's on Ferrix and, and kind of why he's going to become and make the choices he eventually makes. Uh, but then it, that kind of bleeds into Nemec's speech that uh, Andor is listening to in his crashed spaceship on Ferrix. And that was another mm-hmm. banger speech. I mean, we, we've had uh, at least four or five at this point in time throughout Andor. And, and this Nemec one was fantastic. I'm not going to read the whole thing like I did with Luthans, but but just Beautiful. again to reiterate how great the writing is here. here here's kind of the closing line. And I don't know about you, but when I was watching this scene play out and he ends with what I'm going to end with, I was like, let's fucking go. Like, I was like, Cassian standing in the doorway, nice frame shot. I'm like, let's fucking do this. All right, here's the line. All right, so he goes through this whole thing, and here's kind of the closer. And know this, the day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority. And then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go, Nemec. It's like... If I was in a war-torn area right now, I'd be running outside my fucking house with whatever <laughs> weapons I could grab on the way out and start trying to fucking kill people on the bad guy's side. Like, exactly. everything he said in this, and like I said, you need to read the whole thing if, you, if you've only listened to it. The people have posted it out there. It's great. But it was just so motivational. But like I said back in episode six, when we saw Cassian get the manifesto, it directly influenced him or helped to push him closer to becoming Captain Andor in Rogue One. So a, a big moment for me. I just I liked how it was shot, the lighting and, was, and just the, the, the focus on Nemec speech and, and Cassian really processing it. It was fantastic. I love that it was in his voice, but there is a lot of stuff between his flashback to his father that they have been playing up the entire time, which is that the Empire and and he, it's even in the speech in a certain way. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but it's like, you know, they get so big. It's it's what Cassian said to the beginning. Like, they're so big, they don't see, you know, they don't even yep. know. They're, they're bloated, you know. And his father saying that people don't look down enough. They don't see gold uh, at their feet in the dirt with a little bit of cleaning up. He's cleaning up that that engine part or whatever. And it's like, people don't look down enough. You know what I mean? And that's the empire. They're not looking down enough. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Um, and, and even with Luthen looking at Andor and not seeing that gem that's in him, you know what I mean? And, and thinking I got to kill this guy cause it's going to be, you know, it's going to ruin my cause. If he says anything, it's like, well, maybe, maybe this guy isn't gonna, maybe he's, a, maybe he's in man. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's See, a gem that's, and it was, it's I great. always, yeah, I understood. I understood why Luthen wanted to kill him, but it, I, I, I was always interested in how are they going to resolve that? And I, and I think they resolved it perfectly, but you got, you got to wonder, it's like mm-hmm. Luthen specifically wanted this guy for a reason. I mean, he, he came to Ferrix for Cassian and, and, yeah. and, and kind of broke his protocols for Cassian. That's why he, he felt like he had to kill him. Uh, but, but you would think if, if he had that much research on this guy and knew what he was capable of, why not give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt? But you got to understand if he's been doing this for yeah. 15 years, I mean, he is a shadow master. So, you, you know, you can't fuck around just like he, he sacrificed Anton Krieger. I mean, Luthen is a guy that can make these ice cold decisions and then sleep for 15 hours straight. Like it, that's just who he is. Yeah. 
and Andor came through for him, which is like the right. other thing I was thinking. But I'm, I was trying to think back and think like what is – I mean he did kill – I can't – I forget the guy's name who suggested they take the money Skeen. and – and flee. Yeah. Skeen. And he did shoot him and they, they only have his word to go by that. He said, he said he was going to try and steal the ship and wanted him to go with him. You know what I mean? And they may think, God, this guy, you know, he's, he's a little, he can't be trusted. You know what I mean? We're a team and he just killed one of our team. You know what I mean? So, uh, that might've been giving him a little pause as to maybe, you know, maybe he's a little rogue. I I, I really Um, think he explains it in passing again, show don't tell. So you're, you're, you weren't going to get a lot of exposition, but, Luthen, when he was talking to, or Clea, more importantly, when she was talking to Luthen, she's like, "Bro, you, you're you're getting sloppy. You broke protocol." And I think that's why mm. they they had to go to the nuclear option of we mm. we literally grabbed this guy, fleed with this guy off a planet. He already had heat on him. We didn't get to properly vet him and ingrain him in the Vels group. You just dropped him off, and now he's off on his own mm. again. There, that's a liability in our game. We can't have yeah. loose ends, so. Well, that's Clea's influence. I really want to know more Did about you, her. I hope we get a lot see, more background on me her. Me too. And, and I just... She feels like she's like the... She's the Lady Mac... It's not the right analogy, but the Lady Macbeth behind Luthen's Macbeth. Dude, you know, I mean, like to me, they're, they're... He's in control, but she's really like, hey... See, I, I, I almost feel like they're equals, or she's oh, okay. secretly... Yeah. She's secretly yeah. in control, but he thinks he's in control. <laughs> like, one of those deals. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you noticed yeah. this. Did you notice Dedra's cloak when she walked Ferrix was almost identical to the red scarlet cloak that Clea wore when she went to go meet Vel? It, it, no, it, I was just I was just remarking how much she looked like, you know, like a like Palpatine. It's like you just you look like an Imperial. <laughs> man. Like you know I said, I mean? it could be it could but be no, nothing. Yeah, but, but now that you say that, it's yeah, almost yeah. like they both had the exact same red cloak. Like I, I know, I'm not going to get into my Crimson Dawn stuff, but it, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting, uh, right. and and the fact that mm-hmm. uh, another little thing I don't know if you picked up on, but when Luthen meets with Vel and she's like, "Yo, this fucking ISB lady's here," and he's like, "Yeah, who cares." He's like, good. This this is what's supposed to be happening. So it's like, does he know a bit more about Dedra than than we do at this point? Uh, well, Luthen. Yeah. I mean, well, probably because of the uh, the you know the interior Jung, contact that he had. Old Lonnie. Uh, yeah. John. Right. Um, well, we saw who again, he held it down. Right. He, he's still they, doing his job. He's in there like, yeah, fuck him, kill them all. <laughs> yeah. But in the, oh, but in that scene, in that very scene where they said, you know. Uh, survive our prisoners and he's like not this time and he just you could if you go back and watch it he winced just a little okay. bit he just kind of all right a little, oh he so it's so good yeah <laughs> it's so lonnie good. lonnie would be interested yeah, I, think, to see. I have a feeling he'll probably bite it in in season two uh he, oh, he yeah. might he might get yeah. outed as as things get ratcheted up but i i did like i do like lonnie he's a nice little side character all right so the other top moment I had is when Brasso tells Cassian Marva's final words. And in particular, I think the kind of the, the closing sentence, essentially, she lays out like, listen, you know, Cassian, you're, you're already a good person at heart. Um, uh, and so and you, you do kind of want to do the right thing. But once you figure out to do those things at the same time, you're going to become an unstoppable force for good. And I'm like, fuck you, writers. Why are you guys so good at this stuff? Because in Diego, I, I really feel like this was Diego's episode. I mean, he's I, I don't want to say oh, he's yeah. been out out outshined by his his supporting cast, but he kind of has been because of what they've been given 
by the script. Uh, it's not it's not his yeah. fault. They've been given all the lines and all the emotional moments. But plus, there's been little micro arcs for Correct. people within those three episode things like uh, Kino. Like that was kind of his Beautiful. little micro arc. Yes. You know, Cassian is the the anchor throughout that whole thing and the uh, fulcrum or whatever, but he is like the focus 100%. on his change. You know? But it was just, yeah. you know, it's just, it was great. Another well-acted scene. Like I said, I think Diego nailed it mostly through physical acting. You know, he, he didn't speak much. You nope. could just see, I, 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 at least to me, Trevor, you, you yeah, director, every man. line that great Brasso director. gave him, it was like punching Cassian in the heart. It was like, poof, yeah. poof, poof, yeah. poof. And then, oh yeah, but you'll become an unstoppable force for good. So, you know, between the prison, Marva's final words delivered by Brasso, and then a, a top scene coming up, Marva's speech, those were the three nails in the coffin to fully push Cassian towards his destiny of rebel mm. freedom fighter extraordinaire uh, it, it took those yeah. moments in his life and this this year's time we covered it was the prison coming back home hearing Bra brasso and then listening to marva's call to arms uh, so i i thought that scene was great and, and brasso's a fucking yeah. mac daddy i'm glad he i i had him marked for death yeah, yeah. i had him great marked character. for death i'm glad he he made it out uh, all right the next top scene, and apparently this pissed some people off, but dude, I fucking loved the marching band. I loved the marching band. Oh, I thought it was great the way yeah, they the way they you know kind of met. They started in separate alleys. They each kind of playing their own tune. So they met together. Good. The whole town yeah. kind of coalesced together. And then you get in there and they're they're starting to get ready for the ceremony. You get into the stone and sky, stone and sky, stone and sky. The way that built the tension and just showed the organization of the citizens of Ferrix. Just, just brilliant. I mean, hell, dude, it was so moving. It got liquidated brain Bix humming. Like it almost was starting to bring her back to life. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it, the music in that was incredible. And that's what I, I remember early on before it even came out that at one point, um, Diego Luna was saying that we were, we were acting in the street and there was like a live here, band here playing was. the music that were acting. <laughs> and that was it. And I don't know if the people who were actually, cause those were modified, you know, yeah, they just like tack shit onto them. What, what do you call them? The Greeblings or whatever? But that's what they do with guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they did with guns in Star Wars. It's so Star Wars. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. Um, I mean, listen, like, you know, uh, uh, the the uh, the nod modal nodes is kind of the similar thing. You know, it was like an oboe with something on, you know, stuck on the end of it or whatever. So um, I, I love that, man. I love that they came out from two different directions to try and kind of you know, uh, hide the numbers, I guess, that were coming into the street because they yeah, were going to yeah, allow Yeah, they're only allowed to have 40 people. I mean, I got a shot on screen exactly, now. There's exactly. a few more than 40 people there. Yep. So they, they were like, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, whatever you want, Empire. Yeah, we'll, we'll abide by your permit. And then they just, you know, they roll out the fucking band and here we go. It's, it's time to... And the music was beautiful, man. And I realized that that music at the beginning of the show was all that band, right? Like just kind of warming up throughout each episode where they changed the music and it was that same music but it was just like little pieces yeah, of the, it, right? when when the andor you. splash came came up mm -hmm. yeah i mean it definitely mm -hmm. had elements of the andor theme and you are right every week and then it culminated yeah, every week yeah. when the andor logo would come up it would be a slight variation on the theme it, it was it wasn't like a you know obi-wan kenobi it started every episode you got the kenobi theme 
uh, like regular mm-hmm. TV show. You get the regular theme. You are correct. Andor every episode. It was a slightly different Jeez. tweak to the music as Andor slowly faded into view. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love this shot where they're all marching down Rick's road, being led by B2, Brasso with the fucking brick. I mean, just fantastic. It, and it really, I mean, I, I wonder, I doubt Ferrix needs to be a big location in season two. It, it probably wouldn't make sense because they're so hot and you know, we, we kind of covered that. But that they they built pretty much that yeah. whole fucking town like that. That was all practical. I can see them doing like a flashback in, in maybe towards the end when like, you know, if the rebellion starts to come together, it starts to, you know, influence people throughout the galaxy. And that's like a flash of, you know, some more up, up, yeah. uh, unrest and upheaval or something like that. But yeah, I don't see them coming back to it too often. There's nobody really left there. I guess um, I'm kind of at another thought I had written down here. So ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll wait to the end. Cause it's, it's more after some stuff happens. So, Excuse me, I'm sucking in too much air today. I'm about to get hit with a fucking headache. I can feel it. Yay, long COVID. But anyways, next top moment, probably the the toppest of tops in the episode, and, and that's the Marva speech. Uh, the, the whole thing was fucking fantastic, but, you know, clearly the end when when Homeboy gets kicked over and, and she's saying, fight the Empire. I believe that was supposed to be fuck the Empire. Uh, if you you watch some close-ups of it in slow motion there's a couple of videos out there and she's clearly saying fuck and i am glad that if whether it was the censors or you know the disney higher-ups i'm kind of happy no i'm very happy about that i even the shit in like the second or third episode whatever it was kind of took me out of star wars i'm not a prude i feel like i don't know man there's there's certain elements that I don't want to see of, you know, American earthly culture enter into that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see Luke, you know, kick the sand and go, fuck, I'm never getting out of here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> I, I would like uh, to see that. You know what I mean? <laughs> never tell me the fucking odds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, I, I could see, I, I could see that. Han I and Chewie. They, I could see them talking oh, like sailors. Han should swear like yeah. a, a sailor, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't need that. Well, do, it, do you like, like the dank Ferrix and shit powerful. then? Do you, do you like the in-universe slang? Yeah, because for me, like with Battle, like Battlestar Galactica, it was frack. And like after a while, I was like, all right, I, I get what that means. I understand it doesn't have the impact on me, but it's enough. You know what I mean? Like Dank Ferrick is like maybe a little overused. I'd like to see some other. Oh God, they they, they beat up, that thing to death fight. in the Mandalorian, this, dude. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know. And this was a place though that I think, whether it was you know for their original thought or whether the censors came in, fight the Empire felt more powerful. You know, whereas fuck the empire felt kind of like, you know, like fuck these guys. No, do something about it. You know, fight the empire. Yeah, I like and that. I do. I do believe Tony has talked That's about true. like one like Lucasfilm asked him to change one thing, and I, I this probably was was it. Mm, yeah, I heard that. So I, I do think that is a true story, and not just a rumor yeah. out there. But yeah, I mean, the whole speech was fantastic. The way it it, it kind of kicked off. Uh, the the way it led into the the fight i mean obviously brasso going wwe with a brick to the dude's face literally killing someone with marva's ashes i mean that's beautiful exactly you know she she's not she's not a woman that would be like don't don't fuck up my my death brick use it to kill the empire like exactly she, she was very proud of brasso as she looked down upon that that moment but 
did you did you feel like I, I I I know the answer on the one, but just again visually the way this scene was shot, the way the camera would pan to the various people listening to this speech, did you feel like it it moved? Luthen and Cyril because they, they made a point to like focus on Cyril and I was almost like I, this guy is almost he's either buying into this shit or he's getting very worried about what's about to happen I think with him that he is he's not one dimensional but he's probably the most one dimensional character on there and he it just is single mindedly hates Andor and wants that order and just wants to be somebody in charge. He's he's single minded. He he's motivated by as much as he hates his mother. He wants to impress his mother and please his mother. You know what I mean? Uh, even if he doesn't want to admit it. And this is his way. He doesn't understand disorder and doesn't understand emotion like that. Um, so I don't think that moved him in terms of like cracking the needle you know what i mean or moving the needle on him i think it was just he was worried about something happening but luthan oh my god he was wrapped and it was like oh wow he was happy right like this, this is this is way, what he wants this is the this way is what he it. wants to see see i, I didn't think it was yeah. oh this is the way i think he was like yes it's finally happening like this is what i've been trying to well it's taking hold yes. And there's other ways to do this besides military movements and attacking. Yes, those things are important. You know, taking down the interior machine of the empire is one thing, but like little bits and pieces can crack this big behemoth. Again, nobody looks down. You know, they don't see the people in the dirt and, and the bricks and, and the stone. And, you know, and this is the kind of shit that needs to happen because that's the kind of thing that can break a giant behemoth. Oh, yeah. Like I, the, I just, you know, I saw Luthan and I was like, this guy's going to go wheel one out after watching this because he's he's kind of seeing the fruits <laughs> of his labor take root. And he didn't even have a hand on this Ferrix uprising like it. The fruits of his labor. But I think, again, I think he is seeing another route to this, to, you know, a smaller but this is also and, and getting Marva, penetrating people from a lower. Marva, I think you know, yeah. she even explains like, look, I was asleep, too, for a while. So I'm, I'm still exactly. going back to yeah. Luthen and the announcement of Aldani is what motivated Marva again to kind of cut this speech. And to to oh yeah oh so, yeah so I do I do oh, think the Ferrix true, uprising true. is a byproduct of Luthen's work over fifteen years with Aldani true. being the as Dedra correctly called it an announcement true enough so yes yeah she was very excited about that and that did like you you did see oh like, yeah she was like let's her. fuck it let, let's go uh, and that's when Cassian still was yeah. shit can he, happen small things can happen people little people can take down the big thing yeah that's true that's true so we got Alice in the chat here leaving some stuff so. Apparently, and I think he's right, but you remember when Cassian came back in episode seven and left money with Bix and said, pay off all my debts. Mm -hmm. You would think yeah. that some of that money. But did she have a chance to? I don't know. Yeah, that's another good point. You would think some of that money he went to, to right Nurchi. Away. So if Nurchi still got paid and was still rolling on Cassian, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad he got uh, blown up in the end. I, I always like when people oh, yeah, when people make shitty decisions and then get instant karma. Kind of like Tim with two M's getting blasted in episode three. I love that stuff. Yep. I mean that that is yep. brilliant. It, it's very and they didn't have to show that, but they did. <laughs> they showed him right by the window oh, getting yeah. blasted. And yeah, there you go, bitch. Yeah, so yeah, really, and the other thing, Marva's death and her wishes is really what made Cassian. Yeah, I mean that that's what pushed him over the edge. But I think the prison is is what started it all because up 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 until then, Cassian was still very 
uh, he was selfish, right? He he only cared about himself and his mom and, and let's run, let's run, let's run. We got our money. He, he didn't care about anyone else. He didn't care about a rebellion. He didn't care about standing up for people. But once he got in that prison and realized like, oh shit, this is, this is kind of what life is like even outside of a prison. It's just very clear to me now. The empire's taking everything away from us. Look what they're doing with the PROD. And then, you know, that motivated him. They, they rebelled there. They broke out. But yes, once he got back home and, and got the words from Brasso and then listened to the speech, I think that's what was like. He finally went, okay, I'm in. I'm going to go to Luthen's ship and essentially sacrifice myself either to his gun or to the cause. Right. Uh, which yeah. leads me into my last top moment, the old uh, infam- now infamous line of kill me or take me in. Uh, some people didn't like that line I thought it was over the top but okay. I I kind of looked at it as like Cassian's it was like a blood you know blood oath essentially like hey yeah I, it's not worth living in this world the way I was living so either kill me or fucking get me involved so I can fight back and try to make a better world that's how I he's seen so much stuff between you know that prison was like the final oh, like yeah. I think on the coffin, like uh, I, you can't just sit back and live like this. And, and my mother <clears throat> taught me this and she, you know, gave her life for this. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, I have two choices. Like this guy wants to kill me and he is my ticket into this bigger cause. Right. I mean, what's he going to do on his own? Like, you know, he, it's finding cells and stuff like that. It's not an easy thing, obviously. Uh, you don't just go up and knock on doors and say, "Hey, are you a rebel? Can I join?" Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. like, this is his thing. This is his only choice. Like, and if he, I, I'm going to go in there, and if he is determined to kill me, excuse me, <clears throat> he's going to do it. Otherwise, you know, I want to, I want to be on your side. This is, this is my life now. Uh, there's nothing else for me. I, I just, have, I like Luthen's line. Like, like <laughs> he's like, "Hey, so I hear you're trying to kill me, or you want to kill me." He's like, "Yeah, you're. It, it's, it's easier said than done, or something like that." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's almost like Luthen was happy that he walked in. Either that a he could finally kill him and kind of take that off his his chest, or he was getting mm-hmm. a a superb asset, and you know he got the ladder. And, yeah. and we're going to see what happens with that moving into season two because season two is going to jump a year from this moment. So Cassian will be fairly right. ingrained into Luthen's uh, shenanigans by the time we get back to this in twenty twenty four. Um, all right, so those, those were my my top moments. So some of the thoughts I wanted to go. We, we already talked about Mon using Perrin as as cover with the gambling debts, and uh, she essentially is burning her f- family for another day. I mean that, that that's what she did. And but you know what, Trevor? It's like I think some people are like, oh, that's cold. She's the mom. Mom's don't. Do-. But look how her family treated her this whole season. I think that's why Tony had all those scenes. Was the show like look? Her home life is just as cold as being alone and trying to do the right thing as a senator. So. The, the fa- and it's go ahead. It's that Spock thing, man. It's the it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. You know what I mean? So like she's looking at that. Like I guess, yeah, maybe if she had a better relationship um, with her daughter and her husband, it might have been a tougher decision. But I kind of think that she would have come to the same conclusion. You know what I mean? If this is all that she could do to continue in this movement uh, and 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 helping this. Uh, become a more organized rebellion. I think she would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? Choice. She's going to do it. And her her lucky thing is that this kid is into it, man. You can see oh, that, dude, that's she's what I was going like, to say. Oh, yeah, he's cute. Yeah, I was I was trying I'm, to sell I'm that to, to Nick last week, and he wasn't buying. I was like, dude, they showed Lita literally like 
doing oh, she's Bible verses of the old ways of Chandrilla. Like, and I, I, I figured it would go the way it did. I mean, the door opened and she smiled. It, it wasn't like she was yeah. being dragged there and Mon's like, get your ass in there. You're marrying this motherfucker. No, she was like, sweet. I'm getting away from my bitchy mom. And it rings so true with like rebellious teenagers. You know, it's like you could be like the cool hippie mom and it's like, like, no, I, I want to be, I want to go to Christian school. Like just for example, you know what I mean? Or like, yep. I want to be Amish. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. well, why do you, you have, what do you mean? That's not how I raised you. Well, exactly. That's, that's, I'm rebelling. Yeah. So I, so that's perfect. Yeah. It's mon, perfect. mon getting a little dirty, but it, it, it was all justified in, in my mind. It's just like he, they, they kind of built that up. That whole thread was being built up all season where, you know, she had to go on her mm-hmm. own because Luthan wasn't going to try and help her. And she did mm-hmm. that got her in trouble, but in the end she, she figured it out and had to get a little ruthless to do it. Not that I think she cared that she threw parent under the bus. Cause no, they they don't like each other. She definitely doesn't like yeah. him, and I don't think he cares too much to be around her. And what she she's in cares about him in the in the a little the bit. They've been married yeah. for a long time, <laughs> like a little but bit. Like that's about it. That's yeah, it, like, it's, yeah, it doesn't. It, I'd say you know she probably likes him because he contributes rent to their their embassy suite there. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Does he? Pro- it sounds like y'all he doesn't spend money. Yeah, probably not. Um, He's out drinking and gambling. So uh, all right. Uh, some this this little thing that I noticed here, and this I don't know what this means, and maybe it means nothing, and maybe I'm, I'm on the wrong track. It, it it's not central to everything, but like the antique store. Okay, uh, maybe this goes more towards my Luthan is att- attached to the Jedi somehow. But she was doing something with that coin, right? Clea, uh, uh, yeah, dude. But, I I I was like, what is and this? And I'm wondering, what is, is this? Like, I thought she was cleaning it, but you know what? I'm thinking, I'm wondering if she's like, she's aging and antiquing and everything in that place is fake. It's bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they're I love, that's an interesting you know I mean? take. But they're selling them like they're real. And you'd think that that might be a dangerous, my only thing is that might be a dangerous game around the empire. You know what I mean? Right. Like if somebody gets hold of that, a big yeah, way because it's not like he's trying to, like, to make money. Food. You know what I mean? It's typically you would, you would fake antiquities well, to make cash. Nobody else has been in the store. <laughs> you know right. Yeah. So like, it's not very busy. <laughs> too high. I don't know. The whole, um, so you're saying the whole storefront is literally a front just for him and Mon to. Like how do you get those, those stones <laughs> from the doorway that, you know, in rebels and how do you get the, 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 the crown that Amidala wore Bro, and all this. Like you said, he's a, he's a fucking Jedi. That's how he did. Well, he may have picked things up like that. That's true. Um, but he's got holocrons and like. How do you hanging out. Those aren't just laying around. He's Luthan, man. man. He's, he's actually Sidious's cousin. That's why he can do what he does right there on Coruscant <laughs> and, and Sidious doesn't right. care. Right, right, right. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if that means anything at all. Probably nothing. It's just a little undertone or whatever or something. Dude, but, I, uh, hey, man, Luthan to me is the breakout Star Wars character of the year. Like I, oh, I am consumed with this guy and, and 90% of it is because of the way he was written, the way Stellan brought him to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just... I need my hot toy. Yes. Hot there you go. Mm-hmm. One of the best fleshed out tangible star wars characters that doesn't have magic yet that we've we've ever seen i mean just a brilliant character and i cannot wait to see his fate i mean tony has said as much like once after aldani the the clock is essentially ticking on someone like luthan like once you do something like that you can no longer hide under your shells it's only a matter of time before your fate catches up to you and you know what's going to happen because he has to be gone by the start of Rogue One, you can't you can't have the the Godfather of the Rebellion not at the Masasi Temple. It just it would not make any sense. 
he wasn't as crazy as Saul, but I guess, I mean, he kind of was, but he didn't do the actions where Saul would actually go out and do the, the terrorist stuff. As, as you can see in Rogue One again, I mean, I, I forgot that scene. I mean, he literally just attacks it in the middle of the town. I mean, it'd be like ISIS throwing a dirty bomb and if regular people were there, tough shit, you know, as long as we, yeah, yeah. as long as we took out yeah. some bad guys, I mean, who gives a shit? So, yep. uh, yeah. all right. Um, Dedra and Cyril, are they a thing now or is she still <laughs> grossed out by them? Well, this is, I was going to say, there's a comment in here from, uh, I think toy visuals. His mom was dogging and disrespecting talking about Cyril. Uh, his whole series, that was a good way for them to show the impact of family dynamics on one's confidence. That dude was on a mission to prove his mom wrong. I think he was on a mission to prove his mom wrong. And I think he's, because of his mom, he's got a thing for authoritarian women yeah. who will kind of put him in his no, place. I, 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 <laughs> which, is, which is Dedra. Yeah. He loved her after he, she berated him. He is, he's a, He's an interesting psychological. Yeah, and Tony uh, Tony is sticking studies. with Cyril is is unformed is what he said. He he's not mm. he's not a full fascist like Dedra, and he's not a a rebel like Luthen. Uh, he still mm. kind of has a pliable mind, I guess. It's just I I, I do. Mm. He clearly has something for Dedra. I mean, he he went out of his way to save her. He left his boy. That was the best shot. Mm. How about that they went back to show. Uh, sergeant sitting there drinking on the steps all by himself yeah, yeah, yeah. after being left <laughs> where'd my buddy yeah, go there are no I bros before hoes when it comes to Cyril Karn uh, so, so do you think they're a thing moving into season two uh, does does he get to become like her her sub subservant or her lieutenant in the ISB because of this going to employ him um, because of his tenacity and right. his so here, here's my other thing do you not feel like... I think she'll keep him at arm's length, though. Well, here's, here's my theory on where things could go with her, based on what happened in the finale. Do you not feel like D- Dedra essentially pulled a serial on Ferrix and is going to pay for it career-wise? Because look what happened. She, she set up the operation to capture Cassian... It failed miserably. The Empire looks stupid. Yet another slight rebel uprising on a planet that, that's going to get communicated across the galaxy. Lost a prisoner. It, it, it parallels what Cyril did in episodes one, two, and three almost spot on. It was looking for Cassian. They they had everything going for him. They had him trapped, and then it all blows up in their face, and the good guys win again. So, I mean, do you, yeah. do you think she gets knocked off her pedestal or potentially kicked out of the ISB? I think... After the big rally, you know, such as it was in the ISB room when they were looking at the, uh, um, you know, the aftermath of the the uh, the uh, massacre there and how happy everybody was. And it's just like, again, this is a big behemoth. And the thing is making Palpatine happy. Right. You know what I mean? It's like Palpatine's happy because we just, you know, we took out these guys. who. Were Did you notice at the end, though, Patagaz goes, hey. Don't worry about us here. We got Palpatine a victory. You worry about Axis, and she failed. And and now that they, they the Empire's yeah. lost their best chance to capture Luthen right. because of her right. mission. That's what I'm. That's what and I'm putting little, out there. And they're not like a subtle machine, you know what I mean? So I don't think the little subtleties, even though the ISB kind of is about that, but like I think even on that is more of a macro than a micro level. Whereas she's very micro and looking at all the details and knew that they were doing things wrong and, and inviting them in and you know the. It was, it was an invitation to the rebels to attack over here, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, this might've been the thing like, okay, we, we listened to you for a while. 
you know, you had some things going on, All right. but you totally yeah, fucked I, this I, up. I just, you know what I mean? You totally fucked I, this I don't, up. So sit down and shut up. You don't have your, you know, your sort of way with the board anymore where she okay. suddenly became like okay. a voice within. So, you so you're thinking the ISB keeps her. She just goes back to no one listens to her anymore. Blevin gets his yeah, territory back exactly. and all that shit. All right. Exactly. Cause I, I was almost like, man, what, what if they do to her what they did to Cyril and just fucking discharge her. And now it's her and Cyril on their own. Like, because now that they have a shared interest, a shared hate, because now Cassian has ruined both of their lives and now they can do it together and focus on him as a as a, as a non-binding entity, meaning that they're not tied to the Empire and they're not tied to the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting and I thought was going to happen, this is one of those things that I thought it should, not it, that it should, because it didn't, you know, there's, they've got this figured out. It, this I totally trust this team and, and everything that they're doing, but... I would have thought since they were so close to each other that Cyril, like Luthen would have said something, anything to anyone. And Cyril would have heard the voice and turned around and maybe not known who it was. You know what I mean? But he knew he was there, like, and maybe told her that he was, you know, there on the planet. And then, you know, they'd have some lead because right now what's Cyril's like, he knew who Andor was. He doesn't know where he is now. Right. What good is he? <laughs> it's, it's no, you know. Well, that, not, that's what I mean. That even value, even the Empire has lost that lead because they knew at least like, hey, yeah. we, we've got this yeah. opportunity with this this dead lady. We want to talk to her son to get to Luthen. That's all gone right. now. I mean, uh, Cassie yeah. at this point, not. I mean, he's been a shadow to the Empire, even though they had him locked up. They didn't know they had him locked up, so he was a shadow. But at this point, he is a true shadow now. They're, they're, they're never going to find him again now that he is in Luthen's nest. So. I don't. I think she's going to pay for it, and I, you know, I could, I could definitely buy into she just gets a reduced role, and uh, the, mm. the the ISB is going to lose out on her important voice because she's the only one that really cracked this nut. I mean, she she figured all this yeah. shit out. She, as a, the audience, we knew she knew the right thing. She was doing the right things, but like the Empire usually does, she fucked up. Uh, they they got a little again, big. They got a little antsy. So they she's like, why didn't we save some? Why didn't we capture someone and get some information? And they're like, no, we just wiped them all out. Right. You know, the emperor's happy. You know, they were all killed. It's like, no, she's like, no, we really need to keep some of these people alive. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if she gets uh, the ultimate yeah. punishment or if she's just back to let's not listen to her. So right, let's go to the chat. We got a few questions for us yeah. here, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellis, and I do think you brought Ellis and toy visuals with your posts. So they, they seem oh, to be cool. new people. So do you think Luthen is a Jedi in hiding? We went over this in depthly last week. Um, Trevor is one of the first people I know to kind of put that theory out there. I'm, I'm sticking with, I don't think he's a full on Jedi. I think he is somehow as Trevor's calling it tangentially attached to the force, either through family members or the force. His culture was, force centric as planet whatever you want to call it um he said something about was it 15 or 17 years in that 15, he said i've been i've been doing this for essentially 15 years and that would have put him right about the time right at order 66 of, um, for sure order 66 oh, yeah. exactly so something happened there that directly affected him not across the galaxy that oh what happened to the jedi no he knew a jedi was the jedi uh how was you know, I, I was, I would say married to if they could marry, but like something, something there along the line that he knew a Jedi. Yeah, that, that, well, that's why I'm, I'm cause that, that's who that affected. And that, that's not, he's not doing anything like just again, like just randomly. So let's say 15 years. No, fit, that was, that's the timeline, man. That's right. When it, 
happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could argue Saul started fighting 15, well, even before <laughs> Saul started fighting in the Clone Wars, but they showed Bad Batch. He was yeah. one of the first groups of people that the Empire wanted to kill already because they, they weren't down with the idea of, of the Empire and clones occupying yeah. their planet. Uh, so, it, it, right. I mean, I'm just providing a counterpoint here. I mean, Luthen didn't have to know or be a Jedi to understand that bad shit just went down with Order 66 and the fall of the Republic. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's it's like Alice is saying. I mean, there there are a lot of clues. His walking stick is very uh, could definitely pass yeah. as a lightsaber. The fact that he, he had a blue kyber crystal, right? Of course, yeah. uh, the, the the blue kyber crystal and the importance to him, and the fact that he's like, listen, I want this back. This means a lot to me. So, um, but a Jedi wouldn't care about possessions. So I, I'm that's why I'm leading more towards maybe it was fake. It, maybe it was just yeah, fake, right. It's fake. one of those things you can get at like a rock shop at the beach. That's right, yeah, exactly. The, the seashell shop. <laughs> uh, now that actually that meant something to him. And when the guy took the the walking stick and he said, you know, you know, give it back, or if you're not gonna, whatever. And and they they just lingered on that for way too long, man. That was another right. I mean, you you can understand why you're patting a guy down to go meet Saul Guerrero, but the fact they're like pat him down, take it out the cameras, like look at this people, look at, look at this people, focus on it. it. Looks yeah. like a salt and pepper shaker. Right. But it could be yeah, yeah. it is his walking stick. But we've we've known other Jedi. Other Jedi have have had their blades hidden in canes or walking sticks. So it's not a far reach. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm leaving at least me where, where, where I'm willing to go as far as the, he has a maybe not a personal connection, his own connection to the force. But he he's down with it either through family, culture, something like that. Uh, I like this one from Connor Tierney, a.k.a. Press Pause. Yeah. My wild mm-hmm. theory is that Cyril is the one to bring down Luthen. He gets faced with a choice, Andor or Luthen, and does it either for her or to spite her. I, I like that. I dig that. Mm-hmm. I, I still, like, I fucked up. I, I, I said Cyril was going to be the one that kind of caused the calamity of, of Ferrix. He didn't need mm-hmm. that. He, they had Marva and B2 getting kicked over. <laughs> that, that's yep. that's all they needed. And then, obviously, uh, Homeboy's son kicking things off with the pipe bomb. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do feel like Cyril is going to play a major role in this series. Or why do we keep following him? Because so far, Absolutely. you know, he... he makes nick nauseous almost like nick wants to t- i don't even know if nick likes star wars anymore <laughs> but he hates i think he, he hates cyril karn the anti yeah i think he is the anti andor you know what i mean i really think he is the other end of this story okay as, as much as they're focusing on uh um uh what's her name um, dedra dedra um I think he is really the crux of it. So Cyril is is the true foil is what you're saying. Like from a literary standpoint, like he is the, the foil to Cassian. Yeah. uh, Like it's, it's his relationship with his mother and or his relationship with his mother, how that drives them. You know what I mean? Like he is the anti andor. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, you can see you're right, because you can see why Cyril wanted to be in law enforcement with, you know, would love to be in the ISB because, I mean, he grew up in that mm-hmm. sterile Coruscant setting mm-hmm. uh, where right. we saw Cassian's upbringing. It was it was through free, yeah, freedom yeah. fighters. I mean, he, 
who the fuck knows what happened on Canary if, or will ever figure that out. Either way, survival. He, he was hanging out with kids, Lord of the Flies. He gets picked up exactly. by some random freedom fighters, goes to a planet full of freedom fighters. And, you know, he, he kind of learns the hard way of what it's what it's like to live in the galaxy under the Empire. Uh, so that, that's mm-hmm. a very, very astute observation. We might have to send Trevor yeah, well, a check for that one. Uh, I like that. It, 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 dude, you have to yeah. be spot on because why else are we dedicating so much time to this character who honestly hasn't done dick shit since episode three? I mean, he hasn't yeah. really done shit. And and his mother. I have so much emphasis on his right. mother and her control over him and, and just how he's influenced her life. And it's going to come, you know, something will probably happen to his mother um, along the line somewhere. I mean, she's older. So, you know, they're both going to be set out and doing things for different reasons based on that family, um, you know, upbringing. I wonder if uh, um, be, what they were taught because he robbed and from they'll probably her. come head to head at some point. You know what I you mean? Know, he, he jacked her cash to get the Ferrix. Do you, yeah. do you think she gets a, uh, what's his name? Turns Uncle in. Harlow involved and, and we, we figure out who he is and he is like some gangster. Oh, Uncle Harlow coming after him would be pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if any, our Uncle Harlow has any connection to the, uh, what's his name? The money lender. That Davos. Uh, Davos Skaldoom. Carrying into, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a penchant for being able to remember space names. Yeah, that, that you make do. make no sense and there's no reason I need to memorize them. Hey, what's Alice Maybe. saying here? Alice, I need a little more clarity. If you get a chance, look at episode three when they were in the warehouse and the metal parts was falling. There is a moment when Luthen looks up and they oh and they stop midair for a moment before they escape. I do remember that. Yeah, that was another okay. thing. Okay, yeah, all right, okay. Alice dropping yeah, some more I, uh, Jedi uh, hints for Luthen. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out, Alice. Thank you for that yeah. tip. I'm gonna go back and watch this again because I think there's got to be a few more things in there. Um, oh, you, and, and again, he's not gonna like people are saying. Well, why wouldn't he just use the Force and serve like? That is a dangerous thing, man. You do not. I mean, he doesn't want to call attention to himself. Yeah, I, I get all that. Uh, let alone being a guy who's out there like moving shit around. To me, it's it's, it's all the other stuff. Like, how do you get all the possessions? How do you how do you literally set up shop on upper level Coruscant and no one figures out you're there? I mean, they were able to hunt Jedi down all over the galaxy. It, that that stuff and like well, and like why would a Jedi want revenge so bad? Don't, the Jedi don't seek revenge. You know they don't they don't seek that type of stuff. Well, that goes back to that Rail Avaros uh, connection. <laughs> you know, who was a very good Jedi and didn't play by the Jedi rules. I'm just saying that and like the the being on Coruscant is like it's like the the Punisher adage like hide in plain sight. You know what I mean? It works. It's like you're right there and like you know they just don't notice you again they're a big behemoth and it's like you know you're you're not doing anything wrong yeah. right now you're paying your taxes nah, they, or they, whatever they, they just get they, they get themselves in trouble because it, it, i'm going through the comics now and in hidden empire number one like no no joke and we've seen vader do it in the movies where he choke, chokes people across ships but palpatine reached out yeah. into a random <laughs> part of the gal- part of the galaxy and was able to sense and force choke kira because they were talking uh-huh. on holograms like, well, if he can do that, he can't tell that he's got this, the, the godfather of the rebel alliance in his backyard. I don't know. It's like, well, I guess if you can see them on a hologram, I suppose they, they really, somebody needs to put down some rules for the force, man, because it's getting, 
it's getting a little too, you know, godlike. You know what I mean? Especially in Kenobi with him, like you know, yanking down ships. I know he's done more than that, but like I don't know. It's just like I want to see it be powerful, but I don't want it to see it be like you can literally like pull a moon down or something like that. You know what I mean? It's getting it's too that, much. That's that's George's fault with midichlorians, dude. It, you know, the more you got, the the, the bigger <sighs> planets you can pull down. I uh, guess, but with all the le- you know, why would they? <laughs> Generating midichlorians instead of clones over yeah, there, and like you know, dude, it's injecting hey. everybody with midichlorians. We just we gotta deal just with we gotta things. deal with what was put out in the prequels, man. We just you know you gotta you just gotta follow the. I rules. gotta be honest, it may be why I like this more because there isn't all that stuff that that gets in the way of a good story. You know what I mean? Where you're looking at it, whereas with Obi Wan, I was I was just like, wait a minute, he could close that. that there's a ton of water coming down on him. He can just close that door, and there's not a drop of water on the floor. Well, I, on, I think man. that's it's like all very like. I'm just like picking it apart, you know, and I'm like, and this is like that's my other argument no against shit. against Luthen no Luthen being Jedi because why we don't need that in Andor they they've already established we don't need the magic shit so just leave them as it you got to give them some sort of backstory I, don't think I he's believe use it okay I don't think he's gonna use it I don't think they'll ever have a point where he you know puts his blade on or anything like like that but. I think it'll be there. I'm still, I'm still with there. Tony like, wanted this yeah. to be the common, the, the perspective of the common man, not the, what we've been given before. Oh, I think it will be. I think it will be. I mean, I, you also said, I mean, you guys keep saying that like, oh, Tony didn't want any kind of like Easter eggs and stuff like that. But that, and, and it was the art department. He's right behind the camera. <laughs> he knows all that shit was in there. He knows what's going on. So I don't think he's above putting oh, some. Tony truly is. Tony, there, like, I, I don't know. know. Like, the, the ghost was in there. Well, it's not the ghost. It was a ghost. Tony you know, it was ghost. truly showrunner. He didn't direct a single episode. Um, he he uh, he uh, just show ran. Uh, he did. I think he wrote the finale and maybe episode true. one. Uh, but he wouldn't have been yeah. on set every day. So I, I do think the art department just snuck that shit in because he in interviews, <laughs> he's like, I think it's great. Like, he's not angry. He's just he gets the daily. Yeah, he, he's he not going to do it himself. Well, even the dailies, he's, he's like, oh, look, at, look, look at that, that shit in there. He's like, yeah, it looks good. Good enough. Who cares? He, he doesn't understand the the history that us nerds are going to pick up on. Man, Connor's on a roll here, but we may, we may move on. We can't find that he doesn't know he exists, not access, but loose him. So all right. All right. I, I'm still whatever. I, I'm I'm staying with Luthen Force adjacent. That's what I like. I, I think it will it will fit the mantra of the series, and it, it kind of fits what we know about uh, the Force and Jedi and all that fun stuff that's been established. Yes, Jedi can fall and become bad, but they become bad, right? And they become Darth Vader's or they become Count Dooku's, the Kylo Ren's, that type of shit. So it, it would be new. I'm not saying it can't happen. Jedi. It, it, it would be new. It just, it would be very unique for what uh, has been established with the Force, the Jedi, and the dark side and all that fun stuff. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's move into some of the Easter eggs and references. Not that there was a, a ton. Uh, the I told you the post credit stinger would be it would it would confirm a prediction I had. You called that. So um, yeah, I yeah, know. I Trevor, you were thinking they were probe droid chassis and uh, all, at one point, but then after a while, I was like, this has got to be part of the yeah, Death it just, Star. Yeah, it made too it, much sense. It, it's poetic, of course. Yeah, of course. Poetic. I mean, it, in my thought section, and just wait wait till you get a load of this. But here's what I wrote down. Dude will die by a weapon he helped to create as a slave laborer. Yeah, the Empire's pretty fucking evil. So that is, I mean, that is yep. that is perfect, and it, and it it made sense, and I'm glad they gave us that stinger. But that that's not the only 
egg we had. We had some cheap ones because that's that's what I had to revert to for Andor. Not that I'm complaining. It shaved some time off my duties. But in the opening there, if you notice, Trevor, we had both a Lambda class and a Zeta class shuttle. Uh, the Zeta class shuttles mm-hmm. first appeared in Rogue One. That's literally is Rogue One. Remember, Bodhi gives it the call sign. And then we all know and love the Lambda class shuttles from the original trilogy. So we got those there. I just love people walking out of that. And her with two death troopers was just awesome. Well, you, you, le- you <laughs> led awesome. me right into our next reference. And that's because oh, we got <laughs> death troopers coming out of that Lambda class show. It's the first time we saw them in this series. And again, they were first introduced in Rogue One. And after watching Rogue One, I forgot how much they're used in Rogue One. They're, they're, I mean, they, they're like a, a featured unit in Rogue One, mm-hmm. even though they're, they're, they still don't seem that capable. They do kind of get fucked up by like 10 rebels <laughs> and a blind guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they are rad. I mean, what, are they one of your favorite trooper variants? Are you a classic guy? I got to be honest, like, nah, I love the classics, but like when they first announced them and like, that was one of the things about Rogue when I was like, ah, death, really? Like we're calling them death troopers. Like, come on, man. Like, isn't that a little bit on the nose? Like, oh, these are the guys that can actually shoot. You know what I mean? The other guys are just like, but these guys will kill you. Like, oh, okay. But then they really couldn't. I did like, at first I didn't understand the whole voice change thing and then i'm like why don't all the stormtroopers use this like nobody would know, know. what the hell they're no talking way. about yeah like, like, they, they, these are Whatever. the idiots like the, the flunkies get the white right. armor they're they're just cannon fodder yeah. they don't get they don't get a cool secret language like, are the elite like guards like because krennic brought them and that's kind of how the, they the, feel the, not that you bring it up because yeah. that, that's how it was in rogue but one then, they're always flanking krennic yeah, and I mean, he sends them out to the yes. field. So I guess they got to do what he wants, the, you know, not stand around him and just like be, you know, kind of honor guards or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, I, I I think they're cool looking. I mean, visually, I think they're one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't, I mean, the, the, the white's always a classic. Shore mm-hmm. Trooper, it's another very interesting one. Uh, Death stands yeah. out. Scout is a great helmet. I mean, it, you really can't go wrong with the Empire. If the Empire did one thing right, it's their gear. <laughs> yeah, their, their kits and their vehicles kick ass. Like they're just they they just look great. Well, you know what's interesting about that? And I mean, Lucas always said that this this is an allegory for fascism and Nazism, the Empire, and Nazis, the Nazis and Hitler were all, Hitler was an artist. He was all about. Oh yeah, they're all decked out. You know, looking good. And beautiful, you know, like we we need to get flags made and the uniforms and everything. He was all about visuals, man, and that's that's the way the empire is too. Everything looks beautiful. They're just a fucking mess. Yeah, I, I do dig the look of those stormtroopers. All right, next one, we get a a Canto Bite mention. Everyone's favorite casino planet. Uh, Mon brings that up as she's weaving her story to spin to her driver Chloris. As a parent comes in, probably a little buzzed up from another social event that they were at. It, and you're right. Like you're sitting there and she's in there almost hyperventilating. You're like, oh shit. Like, is she yeah. about to, does she have to go meet Davos again? Or has she been called into Masamita's office? Something like that. But no, she was working uh-huh. herself up to deliver this performance in front of Cloris, the driver and, and her husband. like a 20 second thing where she's oh, just yeah. unbuckling. Beautiful things and then opens it up nothing else is happening right. she's just you can tell that she's like about ready to something's going oh, yeah. down she's like very she's very doing, flustered trying to do you know get her breathing at a regular interval it, it was it was great but the reason we're talking about you get a canto bite mentioned so there you go 
And then last but not least, we did get the payoff on the prison build. They were making like these connector joints for the actual array dish dish array whatever you want to call it for the death star so like i said cassian literally had a hand in building the weapon that melts him at the end of rogue one so how's that for irony um i didn't understand the time like some people i didn't watch the videos but i saw some videos of like does this mess up the timeline of this like because they're constructing the the laser at that point was there something else that wasn't supposed to be constructed? I don't I don't well, know what it was. It, if, it was a beautiful shot of the whole. Oh, it was thing. great. I, I loved how they did. I loved like that the, the whole yeah. thing how they started real close, panned in on those spider droids, and then you you go out so, and then they hit the big deal, and you're like fucking hey, that's great. So uh, cool. Do you, is that do you think that's scarif they're above right now the planet? Oh, I mean, it's, I didn't even it's think nice and blue. I, I, I don't see like the shield wall or anything. So who knows? And but you remember early in the season, they're like, hey, we need a lot of c- construction materials sent to Scarif and blah, blah, blah. You're getting that stuff in the IS- ISB briefings. So. Oh, I didn't even pick yeah, that up. I, I believe it's, it's I believe it was Lonnie sent to Scarif. Yes. So they were bringing it to Scarif to be loaded up to the... Well, th- this was Death even Star before the prison arc. They're, they're just kind of going through their sector reports, and Lonnie's like, oh, yeah, there's increased traffic to Scarif for construction parts and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sure, that makes but sense. But I think what you're talking about is if you go back in time, if you look at the Death Star at the end, well, of, even Rogue One, at the end right? of Revenge of the Sith, okay, it already has the dish in place. And I think that's oh, what people that's are, are what getting bent over. That's but what, but listen, like right. if you I just watch Rogue One and the whole reason Krennic has to go and kidnap Galen Erso again, because they fucking hit a wall. They, they 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 were hitting roadblocks and they could not complete the goddamn Death Star. So I, I think it all still lines up quite fine. And the hardest thing was getting the kyber of course, like, and all that. Like you can you can you can like definitely retcon the the Revenge of the Sith Death Star and be like, well, you know, oh, yeah. it wasn't a final build. They 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 realized that special edition. Yeah, they, they realized that wasn't the right setup, the configuration. That wasn't going to give you It was a test fit. It was just a test right. fitting. They would just put the dish on right. there and it was there a test you go. They're eyeing it up. <laughs> That's what Palpatine and Vader are doing at the end. They're holding up their fingers, you know, like they're trying to line up <laughs> a, a painting on the wall. Like, they're like, that yeah, was, looks good. That was all made of cardboard. It was just to show it like, you know, like somebody was just trying to impress But, them but I, I think it, all about it can be explained the way. I mean, this thing's been being built at this point for 15 years when we see it at the end of, of Andor. And it, they ran into problems. I mean, it, it, they're building a space station the size of a planetary, a celestial body. Think about the resources, not only like slave labor, everything that went into building that. Sure, it's going to take forever. And then, you know, figuring out the science of the laser, what they needed Galen for. And, and that delayed because right. he escaped and started a farm and all that shit. So it, it makes sense. I'm not going to I'm not going to worry about this. Do you think we will see, I mean, I know what he said about this, but do you think there will be, well, this is a season two and I know you want to go into this, so I don't want to jump the gun. No, on go your, ahead. Uh, it, it might be a natural segue. So is, do you think we will see some cam, maybe a Galen or so, maybe a Palpatine, maybe even just some, some rebel characters like Hera Syndulla in the background when Mon Mothma, will she do that speech like she did in rebels or will they just take that as, it's as been there, done that. Happened? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't dude, know. But I, I still large think audience hasn't seen that. You know, a lot of people haven't watched Rebels. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like maybe they'll 
he'll hear that and you well i think that's what they did in rebels he went from planet to planet oh yeah she, <laughs> like she it was a it was a galaxy wide broadcast i mean she essentially that was yeah. her coming out like look i've i've had to leave the senate yeah. and this is why we have a rebel you're going to have to do that and, and in some oh, of way. course because i mean he and, and yeah let's just go into it so we're, we're going to move into our discussion yeah. on andor season 2 so um, I think Nick and I will probably do like a like a top ten and or moments next week. We'll 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 have like a we'll put it to bed. Uh, so we're not fully done with Andor season one, but we we already have a lot of tangible information on season two coming out from Tony himself. Uh, like I said earlier, they started filming last week, and I already know the first character that got wow. shot. So. Uh, and none of this is spoiler. none of this is spoiler territory. This is from Tony himself, so we're not we're not blowing anything out here. Uh, but really, new to me. To me, Trevor, the first interesting uh, reveal about season two is that there is going to be a time jump. Now, I mm-hmm. say interesting because Tony, before we saw season one, laid out how he was doing this show. Season one was going to cover a year, which meant he had four more years to go. He was then going to use. Uh, season two three episode blocks to cover a year's time 12 episodes three episode blocks that gives you four years so my question to you is how do we jump a year and then still cover four years in season two (laughs) does that make sense Wait a minute. We're gonna jump a year and then cover because it's a whole total of five years, right? It has to right, be five. Right. Right. So we we covered yeah. year one in season one, and unless he's now saying <laughs> right. that was only like a half a year, but I, I think it was a year. So year in season one, that was his. That's what he said it was. That seemed a little shorter than a year, but yeah, okay. And then season okay. two, based on his plan that we talked about months ago, and I've got it linked here. I'm not just making shit up. I'm just trying to figure out how he's gonna work this out. Mm-hmm. So. But it may, he does say it'll be a year later after what you just saw. A great deal has happened in the interim. Uh, and then we got. OK, well, it could be a year. And then that's within that first year. Like it's the end towards the end of that first year. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a general. That, that's kind of where I was going. Like, that's the only way you can do it. If literally episodes yeah. one, two and three are at the tail end of this year jump. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like a year might be general, you know what I mean? Maybe not, you know, this has to happen in... And then um, the other thing, I think we, we, we got some more insights into what actually are we going to see in these three episode arcs? They're going to cover a year's time, but are you really going to see a whole year pass? And we now have the answer. So here's what Tony said. Oh. They're actually super condensed. They're like three days, four days, two weeks, four days. So there you go. So you're going to get three days of a year four days of a mm. year, two weeks of a year, four days of a year. Wow. Wow. All right. So they're really tight. It's cool that way. That's what ex- that's what's exciting about it. You can go away for a year, come back for Friday, Saturday and Sunday and then jump a year. So they won't be spread out. It won't be like block two takes place over another year. So they're very concentrated, which is fun. And then you mm. have to account for all the negative space and what happened in the interim. So for those that are, that's his quote, yeah, right? that's yeah. right from Tony. So for those that are slow, yeah. like yeah. me, what he's saying is episodes one, two or three will, will, will cover a year's time, but you're only going to see maybe three days of that year. All the rest is going to be filled in by the time you move into the next three episodes, which are going to be set during another mm-hmm. year, but you're not going to get a full year's time. You're, you, you might get four days that time. So I can see the faces on the Trevor's making and, and this is this mm-hmm. is what happened and, and why I mean he's doing it because they're no longer doing five full seasons. 
But this is what we get now. We're, we're going to get a very condensed telling of season two. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, and I'm sure this is what your question is, but like, what can you cover? Like literally if some of these are going to be three day periods, this is going to have to be some major events. Exactly. You know it, I mean? It's going to have to be Somebody's laser, life. laser focused missions, essentially. And one of them clearly is going to be K2SO like that, 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 that I think and it may not even be a, mi- yeah, well, that, that's yeah. probably going to be an arc mission oriented. You know what I mean? It could be a personal, I mean, because think about it, like you've got more than Andor to deal with in terms of storylines here. So are you going to cover like him and Cyril and uh, Luth and um, Mon, they're all uh, still on the table. Dedra and all everybody he's sending to that moon. The Brasso crew, you know, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, are you and Saw? You, you <laughs> got mean, Saw. Go he's and, also uh, he, I, Tony. Apparently, I don't have the exact quote, but when he talked about who's coming back, he keeps mm-hmm. mentioning Tivik. Tivik is the guy that uh, Cassian meets at the beginning of Rogue One, one of Saul's agents. So he Tony's oh. talking about Tivik is going to be a character we'll see in season two. So um, it, it it's it's these three episode arcs are going to be as Trevor said very laser focused on one particular thing. Uh, it's not going to be Cassian is is in prison for two months over three episodes. It's going to be Cassian is doing X Y Z over three days and then we move to the next year of his life. I mean, again, like he's saying three days, but it doesn't have to be three consecutive days. You know what I mean? It could be a day <clears throat> and then you move a few months, you know, ahead and there's another day that something related happens. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I-, I trust him because they've done so much again without saying things and they're and they're trusting the audience to pay attention. And so that it, you don't have to hit everybody across the head you oh, know, yeah. over three days. Yeah. Could pack a lot into three episodes in a year, I suppose. But I think we're going to sacrifice, like, I mean, we kind of did that here, but I think we went back to Serial just about at least every other episode, if not I every I think it was episode. only one episode he was missing from. If it didn't yep. go back? Yeah. The, one of the prison ones, yeah. <coughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't so think I you're mean, wrong with, with that. You're going to flip back and forth between them, so there's going to have to be some condensed. Yeah, it, it's it's you might not you know the 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 three episode arcs might not feel like they're they're covering as much time, and that that's what Tony's telling us. They're ah, I really wish there was more episodes. I told you, man. I told you, we were all going to be wanting those five full seasons now because three or four years. Of well, I guess movies. I guess the slow burn crowd they might appreciate season two because it should be more Maybe. bing bang boom. But to them, they didn't even like waiting week to week just to see what happened in the next episode so i'm sure i'm sure they'll still be upset so here here, he's got even more for you trevor on on how he's doing season two so here he goes we're going to cover in the next 12 episodes we're going to cover the next four years so i think you're right one two and three has to be the tail end of the year jump we're going to get from season one to season two i think you're spot on Mm -hmm. so each block of three episodes that we shoot and that happens to be our organizing principle for production so when we come back for our second half It'll be a year later. An entire year will have gone on. All kinds of things will have happened and we'll pick up the show. Sometimes we'll do a week. We'll do three days. We'll do four days, whatever. And then we'll drop a year in between. So that this, these are from different outlets. I just organize them all because who likes writing multiple posts about the same shit? And then finally, here's a good one. The last one will be the last. I don't know what it is. Three, four days before the beginning of Rogue One. And then our final scene has always been known, which will be walking him into the first scene of Rogue One. So we will be dealing with time in a different way, but it'll be blocks of three. That'll be our principle. So he is what he's saying is episode 12 
is going to close with Cassian probably getting on his U-wing to head to the rings of Kefreen. They're not going to actually show us show him on the rings because that's where Rogue One picks up, but they will have had enough things talked about, enough uh, innuendos about the Empire's mega weapon that Cassian is going to be going to meet Tivik on the rings of Kefreen to get that intel, which is... They've got a planet killer. We're not going to, he's not going to learn they have a planet killer during season two, but the rebel Alliance and Cassian, they're going to be learning like the empire's got something up their sleeves that we need to figure out fast where this whole thing is going to be for not. What is going to be the climax of that final scene? I I honestly think it's going to be kind of chill like season, season one where he's, it's going to be him and K2 or maybe him and whatever walking. They'll, they'll, this is me. I'm, I'm not quoting anything. Yeah, no, no, they're they're going to be on Yavin. They're, they're going to, they'll be like a powwow about like, Hey, we've got this information. Go, go meet with uh, Saul's guy, Tivik. Uh, you know, right. and we're going to be learning throughout throughout season two that as the Rebel Alliance does, we're going to be learning that they're starting to figure out. Okay, the Empire's been working on something that could make our movement a moot point. Like it's that powerful, and, and mm-hmm. the whole season's going to be leading up to that, and then sending him to get that last piece of intel, which was it's a planet killer, yada yada yada. We got a, a an Imperial defector. And that's how Cassian knows to go back. And then they go and, and grab uh, Jin because you got the whole Urso thing from Bodhi when he talks to two tubes and all that fun stuff. There's going to have to be some character growth or turn or something before that scene. Because I, I, as much as I, I love the idea of it, because, you know, obviously I'm going to go and watch Rogue One again, you know, for the seventh or eighth time after that last episode, but not everybody is who's watching it. Now, again, this is not a show for your, you know, your average, um, Hey, I kind of like star Wars, um, person, but to have it so lackluster that it's just like, he's going to walk into that first scene in Rogue One is like, how you can't end the series like that and then just oh go watch Rogue One for the rest you know what I mean it's there's got to be something that happens that's okay, a little I, more I'm impactful. just I'm telling you what the dudes dude I saying. know I know I know it's he said that from the beginning it's gonna happen because it, it sounds like Tony is team just wondering they, how they've had it. the final scene plan from day one like that that that's kind of been their their operating principle like well, that's we, a good thing we need yeah. to do all this to get him right here and that's where we want to leave it and then go watch right. Rogue One and and I was reading an interview where even Diego's like, yeah, you're you, you know you you don't really fully realize the story of Andor until you get through Rogue One. So it is it is going to become kind of this trilogy in and of itself. Andor S one, Andor S two, Rogue One, which is cool. So here here's some plot points for you, Trevor. I love this. Yeah, I'm reading this. I love this. We will be dealing with by the time you get to Rogue One, you have the Rebel Alliance, which is a whole bunch of different disparate factions and people that have arrived on Yavin and have coalesced into what will become an organized rebellion. Well, we have four years to examine how difficult it is to put a revolution together, how difficult it is to become a leader, how difficult yeah. it is to be a victim. 
But what happens to the original gangsters? What happens to the outliers? What happens to the people who were every revolution consumes people and glorifies people? Luthen is who he's talking about. And not always the people that did the thing that mattered. How do you scale up something that essentially yeah. does not thrive in sunshine? How do you do that? And those issues and all the chaos of that is going to be of great interest to us going forward. Oh, that so, sounds so good. Don't, don't you feel like he's almost directly talking about Luthen in, in part? Because, you know, Luthen, he's, yeah, he, he's the behind-the-scenes um, guy. He's the one that's, that has sacrificed the most. No and he's no glory. Gonna be, he's, nobody's going to exactly. remember his name. Yeah, yeah. he's not Mon Mothma. He's not Luke Skywalker. Nobody's going to know who he was, but he was responsible for, you know, a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even helping to bring it together because he has been trying to, like... This is every revolution consumes people. We know that that's going to become true for sure with Saul. Like Saul literally goes nuts because of this. Do do you think that also could be referencing Luthen? Like does Luthen get a little like, does he get Uh, too loosey goosey in season two? And that's what costs him. I think they're going to make him out to be a flawed hero. But not too flawed. I mean, he's going to be one of those people that the people who are around him will remember him for as long as they're alive, which for a lot of them, it's not, not going to be too, too long. long. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a couple weeks. Except for Mon, as far as we know. Um, you know, so no, nah, I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to really make him like like a saw type of thing or like really going over the top. I mean, I don't know. I think Andor is going to be able with that manifesto to sort of pull him in a little bit to rein him in a little bit and you know with clay trying to keep things low and everything i think one of the people that will consume though and how difficult it is to be a victim is uh talking about cereal and probably for that part dedra yeah Yeah, exactly yeah so so i mean he (laughs) he doesn't tell you much but he kind of lays down the these broad strokes and you you can start to infer Mm kind of what you're going to see i mean it's not going to be fucking around with with cassian's mental state anymore it's full on by the time we pick up season two cassian's the dude like he's in it i don't know if he he's obviously not going to be a captain or anything because it's not the alliance yet it isn't fully organized but he's going to be the guy and probably being charged with bringing the cells together or knowing what his role ultimately becomes with the alliance he'll probably be getting sent out on more of these spy level hairy type of missions you know intel gathering meeting assets uh, being a handler of of you know assets so on and so forth all right uh, yeah like so you might know this um was the decision to take this from five seasons to two seasons his or was it did it come it's, from you you can't really you can't really or tell i mean it, he makes it sound like it's it was his where because i i was gonna say i believe that because like he's a guy like i think this may be we may end up looking at this when it's over and we're all gonna want more which is a good thing like you said you 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 know you end up the season you want you can't wait till the next episode um you know i mean having watched clone wars which i enjoyed that thing went on too long (laughs) it just went on way too long there was too many filler episodes that like strung a story along for way too long. And I think maybe they're avoiding that. Maybe it's like, yeah, we could do this for five seasons and really fluff it up. But yeah, you know, dude, I mean, let's just get it out there. Let's just tell the essential story and, and make it, you know, boom, boom, boom hits. I think you know he, I, mean? and, I, and I do think a lot of it was Tony because if, if you listen to what he was saying before this even aired, Jesus, he was like, um, I just, I, I can't, 
I can't stick with a singular property for so long at once. He's, you know, he's like we said, I mean, he, he'll probably be with this Andor series for almost five to six years of his life. And any of these creatives yeah. that make it to that level, they, they typically like to play in other sandboxes after they've been stuck in one for yeah. a while. So I, I do. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think it sure. was it probably was a decision that he initiated ultimately. Uh, now, once Andor debuted and no one was watching it, maybe Lucasfilm was like, "Oh, phew! I'm glad we we decided to to, to, yeah, to scale I was it back." That wasn't the reason. Uh, but no, th- this yeah. this was made before and this decision to only do two seasons was made before Episode One, Two, and Three even aired. So uh, I, yeah. I don't think it, it didn't have anything to do with no one watching it. I, I did read though. Apparently, uh, the finale was the first week where. Andor finally started charting high and having more accumulated stream minutes than like dragons and rings and all that stuff. So I think there's a couple of factors here. I think a, um, I think that's from what I've heard, that's it's, it's being blown out of proportion as to how not well it's doing, you know, in comparison to other things. Um, and the other thing is like, you're dealing with a character that people, you know, don't know. He's not a Mandalorian. You know, he doesn't have a little cute green guy. And I think that, you know, the first two episodes, well, I loved them. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. That's why I'm surprised they didn't offer all three to people last week on ABC. Because you're right. The first two, especially when the second one ends with that just out of, just out of nowhere. I'm Cassian, you know, just like goes into a fucking rock ballad as he's walking through the the scrapyard. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, they needed that third one. And listen, we're in a world, like, I think Netflix does it wrong. This is why they're having problems um, in that they just, here, here's the whole thing. Yeah, they they fucked themselves with that. Just watch the whole damn thing. They do. And I think Disney Plus and the other channels that are doing it episodically do it right. However, people are creatures of habit and have gotten used to binging. And I think the people just like, I missed the first two episodes or maybe they just kind of bored me, but now I'm hearing great things. They're going to go back and watch. Yeah. It I, th- I think again. it'll so, have a, it'll I have a second life for sure. Yeah. For all sure. right. Uh, K2SO in season two, that's a no brainer. I mean, here's what Tony says. Well, I think that's one of the responsibilities of part two. Obviously if we're going to walk in the rogue, we have to deal with that. So yeah, no shit. He sounds like he doesn't want to. Well, I mean, he's the one. <laughs> if you read the story of Andor, he wasn't initially tapped to do it. There, there, there was a treatment for it, and the treatment was kind of like what you were thinking was going to be the, the Cassian and K two show where you just go around and there's yeah. hijinks and they do shit. And Tony sure, basically, right, yeah. you know, whipped this thing out. He's like, "You guys are dumb. You're you're doing the dumb shit you did in Rogue One, and why I had to come in and fix that That's for Han you." Solo and Chewbacca, <laughs> yeah. we had that already. So, so. yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, K two is going to be in. In season two. And, and there's a part of me, I know Trevor isn't on this bandwagon. I, I still think a bit of B2 makes it into K2. Well, I, it's more people say that, the more I, I believe that has to be something. I just, I hope they do it well because their their attitudes are completely opposed. And, <laughs> I and I, I like, see that more, so I see in, that more clear now after rewatching it. Uh, K2 is, is a full on smart ass for sure. But oh, you know, yeah. we, like we're saying, it, it, maybe maybe uh, when he gets that new shell, B two <laughs> grows a bit, and he can he can shine and let that personality out that he's had the he couldn't ever uh, kind of let people see because he never had enough charge. You know what I mean? Growth at B two as well. Everybody's growing <laughs> in this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. B two goes from being this loving, caring little brother to a a smart ass that will smack you if you get out <laughs> of line here. Or there. Uh, all right. 
Why can't I have a gun? <laughs> I, I think I watched Rogue One twice this weekend because I started it, didn't finish it, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to re- redo the whole thing. So I'm, I'm getting there. I might do it one more time. It, it For me, it got that much better. Like it is, it, it just, it hits so much differently. Uh, all right. First character film for season two. If you're not looking on the screen, anyone want to guess in the live stream chat? I know we're on a little bit of a delay, so we can't let the dead air go for that wrong, but it, it's probably not who you're thinking. So the first character film for season two is Cyril Karn. He got the first shot of season two. So, Tony said, I'll just say we're shooting Cyril first. Kyle is working first. So there you go. Everyone's favorite, Dedrastan. He's back, and he is kicking things off for season two. Doesn't mean he's going to be the first Correct. thing in the show. Correct. No, not at all. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it, it, other things that came out this week, they shot all the Ferrick stuff first. So they essentially shot Marva's speech like month one, right? (laughs) which is always funny. Uh, But yeah, it it doesn't mean they're shooting in chronological order. All right. So here's, here's a few comments from Lord, our Lord Gilroy on the Andor finale. Um, In particular, the, the moment between Luthen and Cassian and, and here's kind of what Tony had to uh, talk about kind of like wh- how what Tony thought Luthen was thinking at that moment. Yeah, it's a big day for Luthen when he's listening to Marva's speech. It's not pride of ownership on his part. It is and it isn't, but it's another corner right. of the farm he's trying to grow. So he's very proud when he hears that. And my God, to finish up the day and have this new asset walk in, who's been through all this stuff and is still standing and you manage not to kill. And he is now basically saying, all right, I'm in blood oath. That's a pretty good day, I think, for Luthen. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, that's, exactly that's kind of how I felt like Luthen was there. And even though yep. some heinous shit was going down, I, I think he was taking pride in that. Like, yeah, look, it's, this is yeah. what I envisioned. It's a, the whole corner of the farm thing is an interesting, you know, it's like, like I'm really concentrating over here on the tomatoes and I've been watering yes. these, but I've, you know, I've given everything some food, but holy shit, look at that corn. Right, exa- no, I, that very, <laughs> it's really coming up. Look at very that. good there from Tony. I mean, Tony, cool. he knows how to speak. He knows how to talk and he knows how to write. We, he talks yeah, good. He, he does. He talks much better than me right now. I'm struggling. Cause I'm just, I'm getting hit with this headache. That's just really sucking some of the fun out of star Wars time show day. Oh, uh, but I'll, I'll get through it. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Tony, uh, the next quote here is uh, Tony talks about kind of what Mon, why Mon went through with the Davos deal, even though she created the gambling story to cover her missing credits. Like some of you may have wondered, like, why, yeah. why do you, why do you yeah. keep going? Well, here's what Tony yeah. says. She's just trying to cover all the tracks. Mm-hmm. Skaldoon originally came in and said, oh, I know your husband. So in the end, Skaldoon probably thinks that this is really about her husband's gambling debts. He doesn't know mm-hmm. what the real purposes are. But what I'm saying there is that she's just covering all the bases. If anybody comes looking, if anybody's wondering why she might be borrowing money or if Skaldoon is wondering why she might be borrowing money, she can lay it off on poor parents. Yeah, she's even covering himself herself with him. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Like this is gonna take care of it, but now she doesn't want him getting wind of something like well, it, it uh, life, man. Like all he's gotta do is like, oh I know what you're doing. Well, I, I, you know yeah. what I mean, so if you don't want anybody to tell anything about this. But I, I think <laughs> Tony's Tony's also it, you know? saying like now Mon will have freedom to kind of spend her money a bit more. 
because they can just always blame it on parents fucking gambling. So, right. Uh, you know, you, right. you, you got to mm-hmm. check in with the Gilroy if you need clarification. Mm-hmm. All right. Here he is on mm-hmm. the post credit scene. And if the Death Star would play a bigger role in season two. It'll still be the looming threat. Rogue One is all about discovering what it is. Season two is about who picks up the final breadcrumbs that lead to the beginning of Rogue One. In Rogue One, Cassian goes to the Ring of Kefreen to meet Tivik, who is from Saul's group. And he says, oh my God, it's a planet killer. Cassian knows some shit, but he's looking for answers. So we'll cover the breadcrumbs that I lead up to that. Sure. But we have a situation where Cassian will never know that what he was building is actually the machine that's going to kill him. Yeah, I love that. So that that's pretty cool. Essentially, like I said, we're, we're going to get little things that are going to lead Cassian and the rebels to the revelation that he gets on Kefreen. So exciting. And this is the kind of thing that's like, it's a big ass galaxy, man. Like you could be building this thing, you know, over some planet somewhere. And it's not like people are driving by going, Oh, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, even, dude, even the, even the, the ISB hardly knows it's happening. They're, they're just like, right, Oh yeah. Construction right. parts of scare. Yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, yeah. so here is Tony talking about the final shot of season two, which, you know, Trevor, I, I thought I had a better quote for you. So here we go. Um, and how close it will be to the beginning of Rogue One. So here's what Tony says. No, we're going to go literally into it. It'll be him walking out to get on the ship and go there. So we're not going to go in the Rogue One. So yeah, like I said, the final shot at least is going to be Cassian probably walking out of the temple to get on the ship. Now, I know what you're saying, that there's probably going to be a moment before that that's like the true resolution to the season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hope so, because yeah. that would be like, oh, hey, see you later. All right, now let's put on Rogue One. And, and I mean, his resolve to go there and find out what this is is going to have to be pretty monumental right, or something. Right, right. It's got to be, you got to leave us with like in tears, you know what I mean, at that point, or chills or something, you know what I mean? And then uh, last <laughs> thing from Tony, they asked him about Andor's sister, which at this point we yeah. could potentially <laughs> say may just be a plot hole or truly was just a MacGuffin. Uh, so they asked him about it and he's like, that's TBD. I don't want to get out in front of that question. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. either they do mm-hmm. have plans or they don't have plans and he doesn't feel like talking about it at this point in time. But, um, what do you, do, do you need to touch on the sister thing or is it kind of a moot point at this, at this time in Andor's timeline? Well, again, that's a... Chekhov's gun too like they just put that there in the front and it's like hey sister like oh and it doesn't disappear it's going to come back it, 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 this is not the type of person who's going to set that up and, and not knock it down at some point um, you know whether it's as simple as she's dead I don't know how they do that and make it mean something that's why I still think it's a reveal that it's someone we've seen or, or been in, interested to. Like, I, I still want it to be Dedra, yeah. even though I, I think it's a very far cha- cry from that. But it, that would be the perfect nature versus nurture in Star Wars. You had one Andor kid get yeah. taken by the Empire and became a fascist. You had the other one get taken by freedom fighters and became a rebel. Um, yeah, see, if Cyril was a woman... Then I would say, oh, yeah, then, then you, a, you take the hosting um, duties no. here and you win all speculation for sure. Yeah, but that's a little too on the nose. And that's my my thought about her being in the show already. Like she's Clea or something like that. OK, I don't know, yeah. man. It's like, is that too? Because for him, 
as much as you think like ah the Jedi thing, and and I think some in some ways that's probably true. That's my only pullback from Luthen equals Jedi or something is that it's too on the nose. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't know maybe. Maybe that's what it's going to be, but I just, I'm giving him maybe more credit to say like, oh, it's not like you're my sister. Like we've seen that so many times, you know right. what I mean? It's like, she's probably somewhere and she'll probably get there some time, but it might be a surprise. Like he's just somewhere rescuing people and among the rescued, he finds his sister. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or she dies. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of leave it like this. Like I, if, the, if they don't touch back on it, I don't think it's a big deal. What's a bigger deal is the Canary flashback and Marva calling the CIS Republic. Like that just isn't that, that doesn't mm. jive in my head. And I know I brought it mm. up and someone's like, well, I, I, I don't remember literally when she comes in and sees young Cassie and she's like, when the Republic sees that you've killed Republic soldiers, they're going to fuck this place up. And they're, they're literally, they have the CIS logo on their, on their uniforms or their whatever suits they were wearing. That to me is the bigger issue than, than the sister. Cause that's just like, did you guys just completely fuck up or is there more to that? And if you didn't expand on in season one, how does it even remotely fit in the season two? Like it just, there's no place for it. I think anymore. I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. Um, I, I, you know, I watched it, but I wasn't putting the emphasis on it that I probably yeah, should next have time you watch it look very closely at the dead guys in the white suits they they don't have the republic insignia yeah. and when Marva comes in and yeah. Clem they they it's talk enough. about them as if they are dead republic soldiers yeah uh, uh, unless they knew something about some sort of that that's what know, I mean like, like yes that's something. what I mean yeah. that there, there's a lot there to that flashback that may never get explained to, and to me which is bigger than the, than the those... sister what happens to the rest of those kids? That's, I mean, are they taken again? Are they taken to. into custody by? That's what I'm getting at. You know, like that. That to me, the Empire, and she does grow up under the Empire, and it is Dedra. Right. <laughs> I, mean, so, I don't know. Who, who, who like knows? Too, who knows? It's TBD according sister, to the creator. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. But who knows? All right. Well, there you go. That's everything on Andor season two, at least what we have been given. I'm sure Tony's team and then a lot more will come out. Who knows if we'll get as many set leaks as we did with season one. I guess if they continue to shoot practically and go to locations, that'll happen. Uh, that, that's one thing you can't control when you shoot out in the wild is, is people on their phones. Uh, but, you know, if something happens Andor S2, you can definitely get some insights from the bros at the SWTS. All right, my man, it's time to transition into the fan segment. We do it every week to honor the fans or at least the tens of fans to the SWTS. We've got the question of the week, which you can get involved by heading over to Instagram, looking at at Star Wars Time Show and looking in our stories or our feed and uh, replying. Not that many of you do, but when you do, we'll pick some of the comments and we'll talk about them on an episode of the Star Wars Time Show. So this week, the question was, what was your favorite or least favorite part about the Andor finale? Let me get screens changed here, and then we'll hear what the fans had to say. All right, there we go. It's up. Got my little Cassian action figure with his pew-pew there. All right, (laughs) so first response comes for Clone War 50ST, a.k.a. Clone War 501st. I wanted to like this series, but it just didn't connect with me. I don't want Jedis and Space Wizards, but I think I needed more. Star Wars, Stormtroopers, and Droid 
Favorite character was B2. Everyone else, meh. Okay. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'm not casting aspersions, but, you know, your name is literally Clone War 501st. So, you know, this is a obviously maybe a younger person, prequel person. And, you know, that's that's what they, they got in the prequels. You know what I mean? Um, Stormtroopers, pew, pew, Jedis. I mean, I know he says he doesn't want Jedis and space wizards, but, like, what isn't Star Wars? You know what I mean? Like, if you look at... If you look at the, a New Hope, the first, you know, the first Trevor, movie, they had bricks in it, bro. Of course, it wasn't Star Warsy enough. There oh, was well, fucking fuck screws it. in the prison. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't isn't weren't things made out of metal? In uh, you know, I mean, like you know, and and there was Adobe and on Tatooine, everything's made out of clay and sand and right. Like you know, that exists here. You can't uh, have bricks, only hovels. No bricks, yeah, only no hovels. Bricks. Bricks is like, it's like the most basic of building. It's a building, literally a building block that cavemen came up too with. Ba- too you know basic. what I mean? Like, it's, it's not hard, you know. Too basic. Maybe they should have been blue. Maybe they should have been There you blue. go. Not spacey enough. But, you know, I mean, right. South P24 chimes in, fully agree. It was Star Wars adjacent, but still great. So, liked it. Didn't quite like it, mm-hmm. but did think it was Star Wars adjacent. All right, here, here's South P himself. He gets two. How about that? There was a moment there where I felt it a bit too Sergeant Pepper with the costumes and the instruments, but the stormtroopers finally getting into the action made it all worthwhile. So Paul did not like the band, uh, which I loved. I thought the band kicked ass, but... Uh, totally. Got his stormtroopers. I think <laughs> there's another thing I think that maybe us old guys, like who grew up with Star Wars uh, and... It, it was the 70s, man. You know what I mean? And that's like as much as every space Star Wars got away from it more than anything else. Like if you watched any kind of space movie back then, everybody was like sort of hip and their clothes were like very 70s hip. And Star Wars got away from that. But there were still elements of it that were in there, you know, and, and some clothing choices and some of the instruments and the guns that they oh, used. That they I mean, just look at their hairstyles. You know I mean? Look at their hairstyles the in the original trilogy. Right. They all have fucking burns. I mean, right. like if you're going to do the future right now, like you don't know what the hell the future is going to look like. Maybe everybody's going to be bald. Maybe. Oh, that would be beautiful. Um, but like <laughs> yeah, I'll fit in. Uh, but you know, maybe everybody's going to have, you know, uh, kid play haircuts at that point. You don't know. Like if you but if you do that, no, can people relate to it? So it, you, there's certain things you can't change. And my point being like the, the Sergeant Pepper uniforms, I think kind of come out of that age. You know what I mean? And there it's just. I don't know. There's certain things that I'm okay with. I didn't like when they said, you want some calf. You know what I mean? Like, it's a cool word for, for coffee. Come up with something else. Right. You know what I mean? Don't call it calf. Like, but brown shit. You want some uh, of this brown shit? Yeah, there was something else like that. At some point, I was like, uh, mm. oh, well, shit. When the guy said shit, I was just like, ah, this doesn't need to be in Star Wars. Not being approved again. Just too early. You know what I mean? But some things I think that they take and they modify kind of like kind of fits Star Wars. It is Star Wars. It is Star Wars. I, I just it like is. I'm going to I'm going to call them the Ferrix Sergeant Pepper troop moving forward. I like that. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's not the equivalent of the uh, the uh, the bikers in uh, the, 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 the uh, mods in. Right. Um, in no, Fett, no, no, no. Okay, here's coming from 2797 underscore studios. Oh boy, where to begin? Can we pick the entire episode? The march, the funeral, 
Marva's speech. B2 kicked over to start the riot. Nobody fucks with B. Brasso <laughs> using Marva's brick to kill a fool was an epic moment. Cyril saving his love and then most likely having a moment. Baby hucks when. The tension of the entire <laughs> series seemed to erupt yes. on Rick's road, and I loved it. The finale we deserved. And uh, yeah. Mecca Zaku gives, yep, this is pretty accurate to that statement. So I agree. That's not, a good, not much that's to a good say summary. there, Bat. Gotcha. Bat was smoking his dope when he watched the finale. All right. And then the last one here, we got droid underscore four underscore jla. J-L-A. The big space battle of the season occurring off camera was expected, but still disappointing. The various moving parts of the riot were per were perfect. And the space battle he's referencing would be Anto Krieger's failed mission that Luthen threw him under the bus. So just in case, Um, just in case anyone was wondering that, that um, is what space battle they're referring to. But that was all off camera. I mean, we literally that goes back to your show tell. The the whole Anton Krieger thing was the epitome of Tony's show and tell approach. Where hey, you get a hollow of him, you hear about him, but we didn't we didn't go to him, we didn't have any long exposition. But it all made sense. Like the sacrifice Luthen had to make with with Anton's group, it all made sense. It all had weight to it, so it worked. And they worked it right because I'm sure, I'm sure, yes, there are things that are like, this is a budgetary concern. This is a whole other set that you'd have to create all sorts of extras, you know, new costuming, blah, blah, blah. Battles are expensive, special effects. Didn't need to happen. Like you knew it was going to happen. The, the, the idea that, that, you know, people were like, you're going to sacrifice these people and you've seen people like this. Like you get the idea. It's the. It's the monster off screen. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you, you visually, feel it. you feel the whole. Visually, thing. it would have yeah. been a treat, but it would have been stupid. It was a waste. You, you knew they were going to get wasted. Yeah. They were going into a trap against the empire. Empire with thirty people. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. they had no chance. Yeah. It, it it made sense. But yeah, I, I get it. I get how people. We want to see everything, especially space battles, because space battles in Star Wars kick ass. All right, so uh, yeah. that moves us into the second part of our fan segment, which is the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. This week, I did everything. I did the the daily features, which you can get mixed up in on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show, add tag Star Wars Time Show, or use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. But if you really want me to see it, you got to do add tag because hashtags are broken AF. But either way, I'll look through them every morning. I'll share them out. And then on Mondays or Tuesdays, we pick the five most appealing of the week. So this week, like I said, no Nick. So I got the picks. All right, Trevor, up first. I don't know if you can see these or you got the post with you. I got them up. All right, we've got this great set of of custom figs from at the underscore Kyber underscore collective. And what we're looking at here, if you're not on the stream, you got this... It's kind of like a what if Qui-Gon where he's got bits of Vader's armor like he's in the Clone Wars kind of it's it's kind of it's a very rad look. Um, I, I believe this Qui-Gon has either been drawn by Uzu art or, or either an official concept art. But then you got a oh, really? then you got a, a Dooku there with a great head sculpt. So it, yeah, it's nice just yeah, they're they're great looking figures. The Qui-Gon is is pretty epic. Do you do you like this version of Qui-Gon? This kind of he could be breaking bad or fighting it's, in the Clone Wars, Qui-Gon. He's got that that dark armor. Yeah. You know, as a what if, yeah, sure. I mean, I still would love to see some what if Star Wars stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Anime, anime. 
Star Wars. So I'm, I'm all about that. So this would be cool. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to uh, hear uh, Liam Neeson do like Qui-Gon as a badass. <laughs> this voice would be cool. So yeah, it looks really good. Um, I, you know, the, their hero poses, they're obviously facing off against someone. I might have, I don't know. I don't know how you could do this differently, but like uh, it's, I mean, it's beautifully done. I think this is more about the customs and oh yeah 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 customs. i think this is more like a figure uh, and it a is figure shot dynamism right, or yeah. anything like that but it's i mean it's well shot it's nicely done the light is is good yeah, um, everyone's gotta watch you know. out this week we got a pro on here critiquing he actually knows what he's talking about yeah so. i'm sorry i jumped into things <laughs> so just stop me i love like, it no dude just like, yeah nice picture yeah, i love it i love it <laughs> Tell them how it is. So we, we'll just pull up my we'll you know, pull up my feed. And you can shit all over it, <laughs> like, dude. Like you, a you don't even post anymore. B you're so basic. Portraits are stupid. Your lighting sucks. The angles are off. Portraits are great. <laughs> portraits are great. And like I like a, and this is what this is. This is a wide portrait. I think. I mean, if you weren't trying to show off the whole figure, which again is the point of oh, this, yeah. to show off these. Hey, they're, they're they're good, good looking sculpts, and that, that Qui Gon kicks ass. Yeah. All right. Bring them in a little closer. Have them like sort of close together you know and make it but i mean that's not the shot so i mean it, it's it's a good shot it's nice and then the costumes are really cool really so this well is this coming again from at the underscore kyber underscore collective on instagram give them a look all right the next one here is kind of an homage to a an obi-wan kenobi comic panel uh but it's luke yep. and and i'm talking about there. there's a panel there where i actually think it was concept art for a new hope where obi-wan uses the force and gathers all these stormtrooper blasters and then has them shoot at once. But uh, Star Wars Rick here on Instagram has Luke doing it in his all black kind of tank top deal from that comic book uh, figure release. The one that came with Thrawn's little pet. Uh, And it works like you. It's a good, strong shot of, of Luke using the force like a pimp. And kind of paying, like I said, a, a homage to Obi Wan Kenobi. Yep. Yeah, it's nicely done. At Star Wars cool. underscore Rick on Instagram. Good composition. I like him. I like the the, the setting he's got him in. Um, I mean, do do you think the blasters are just relayered over and over? I was looking at that, but I don't think they are because the, if you look at the the sort of the end little barrel there, the uh, the light is slightly different on each one yeah. of them. So he may have done that a couple of times, but some of them are different anyway. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, it'd be. I don't know. As long as you don't have them touching anything, it's still a lot of work to cut those out. I mean, you could do it, I guess, if you do it once, you're done, and you could just God, repeat it all again. It'd probably be the smart way to do it. I'd be putting them on wires and, and photoshopping out the wires like an idiot, but like that's just me. That's so. that's the one thing um, I always struggle with, and and I understand, you know, if you're gonna have wires or stands, shoot it, shoot a plate. But even then, like I, I'd shoot a plate, but as I'm doing the, the live shoot, I'm incorporating either aerosol or, or steam. It's like, well, my plate's fucking clean, so I can't really wipe exactly. my wires now. So it's a problem. Yeah. Well, no, you can't. Well, you can do it. It's uh, there's ways to do it. I have I have some videos. All on right. So that, you're so. saying I actually like have to use a, a big boy uh, photo editing uh, platform. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to Photoshop. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. stick to my portraits then. All right. So that that's Star Wars underscore Rick on Instagram. Uh, regular poster, Star Wars all the time. Check them out. 
Yeah. All right, next one here. We got a, a great looking mall shot, like a Mandalorian mall, the Clone Wars mall. This one comes from at Tanks, T E N K S 666. So, Trevor, we do. We got that Clone Wars mall there. So, he's got his chest bared a little bit. Uh, it looks like uh, mm-hmm. there's a Maldalorian. Looks like there's a Loyalist there. And then, for some reason, it, do you think, yeah, that clone looks like he's captured, right? His arms are kind of behind his back, I'm thinking. So, you know, maybe Maul is talking to oh, us. Oh, is that what it's Yeah, because oh, I'm like, well, okay. if the dude's just standing there, why isn't he trying to shoot at Maul? But if you look closely, it does look like the arms are kind of bound behind his back. Uh, some okay so the one thing i would say is like to take that that mando on the left there and just move the arm uh into a more casual pose um you know if as if they're listening to him because i can't see that the other arm is behind them and i didn't know oh, that you i just that. i just picked up on that now and really the story this shot's telling me trevor is it, maul's kind of amping up his followers. I'm going to kill you. The Republic sent this guy here. Blah, blah. I'm all yeah, going to yeah. kill him. They're all like, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I can see what you're saying that the, the one raised arm is kind of blocking well, some of the story there. Think about like, this is a really nice, this is nice lighting. This is a nice setup. It's good depth. Um, and it's, it's well constructed. You got a nice triangle there going on with your subject and the, and the rest of it. It's cool. Uh, I would have, I would have killed that, that God light a little bit. The, I don't really love after effects or, you know, post God lights, but I mean, there's ways to do that practically, but it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, but just maybe tone that down a little bit, but, um, you know, really sell the story. Cause I find myself doing this a lot sometimes too. Like you've got something in your head and you know what's happening in the scene, but are you selling it to everybody and who doesn't have that? That's the hardest fucking part, head? pal. I mean, that, that's that's the Maybe trick. Maybe if he had his lightsaber, if Maul's lightsaber was up against the neck of that trooper, you know what I mean? And his other hand is up like yeah. this. Well, kind of like he has it, but maybe a little more strongly. And the other, you know, troopers, you know, the, the, the Mandalorians are kind of looking up at him. It might have sold the idea that it was he was ready to, you know, sacrifice this guy and show everybody what's what. But, you know, I mean... Technically, it's a really nice shot, though. It's just really yeah, well done. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is I missed the the guy on the right. See, it's about placement sometimes, too. His hand is up, too, as if he's like they're all kind yeah, of cheering. Yeah, that, that's what it, I, it I got. Maul's leg, and you can't see it because it's in Maul's leg. So just watch the placement of things, like overlapping sometimes. It's not bad to overlap. Just like watch the where they're kind of. It, it, aiming at. Hopefully really these nice people shot. are tuning in because, you know, like I said, we're getting they're getting a master class right now. These are all good tips, my friends. Take them and deploy them. All right, so that is at Tank 666. Nice. Up next, and this is just a, a kind of a basic shot, but I love this custom figure. Think of if a Death yeah. Trooper painted the uh, Punisher logo on his helmet. That's what we're looking at right mm-hmm. now. This comes from at Krusty Vibes with a Z. And again, just a very simple portrait. There's what? What do you? Th- just one light source here. It looks like almost. Uh, looks like a top yeah. down, you know, like a god light light source. Yeah. Is this a hot toy? Uh, no. Or is no, this a this, 112? Dude, yeah, it's got to be uh, 112. Because if you look closely, look at that joint. Oh, okay. That's got to be a black series. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right on the arm. I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. Because it's this is really nice. But there are some there are some cloth customized pieces on here. It looks like though, it's just the helmet. I mean, it's like a perfect match. Like if you want to if you want to be the Punisher in Star Wars, you're Death Trooper and paint that motherfucker on your helmet. And there you go. And that's Mm -hmm. what Krusty Vibes is telling us. So, um, this I'm a sucker for that that top 
that overtop godlight. I do too. I mean, like the, sometimes it's I, I prefer. I love fucking with lighting. Like lighting's my favorite part of toy photography. Uh, it's also why I probably mm-hmm. don't do a lot of it because I waste so much time playing with lights, and it's just like, where did all my shoot time go? Well, you it's because you moved that one light mm-hmm. fifty five times before you decided to shoot. Quality over That's quantity, right. my friend. But it, it, it really is amazing how lights and the angles they're presented at their brightness their color how it can change a shot i mean it can take it from looking very flat and basic to holy shit this is a dynamic almost 3d style portrait um but crusty vibes doesn't need any special light here for this figure it's just a badass looking figure so check it out at crusty vibes on instagram Mm -hmm. up next from at zord dot photography this dude either is great at layering or has one of the largest collections of one six scale 500 no 332nd clone troopers i've ever seen because in the shot the feature is captain vaughn which apparently is shipping the people that actually pay their sideshow bills on time people like me that do layaway we tend to get shit two months after everyone else oh well but the the, the yeah. star of the shot's Captain Vaughn. Looking good. He's got that, you know, Cody visor on, but it's got the Ahsoka paint. But in the back, you literally got the Hot Toys Ahsoka, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven regular 332nd, aka 501 with the Ahsoka helmets, troopers sitting there. Now, mm-hmm. I think they're all real. Like I, I think these are actual individual figures. Um. I'm zooming in here. Oh, this is getting in the way. I can't see it. Um, if these are layered, even the front layer, there's the one on the right, the far right, that I, there's a little bit of a halo, but I don't think so, man. I'm not, I'd love to find out because I don't, I don't think so. He's at least got four. Yeah, I, I think Zord listens sometimes. <laughs> but I, so. I think they're all there, but I've, I've seen people and these things have been on sale on a couple of sites, they come to a couple of the, the um, Hong Kong sites that you could get them a little bit cheaper. I won't mention names because I don't love them, but um, a little bit cheaper so, as you know, in what? I, 200 versus 250 or no, like, I'm like talking about like in the 160, okay. 170 range, okay. like some of the, there's fire sales and some of this stuff, but like still in all, we're still talking about a, like a, a 900 to a thousand dollars shot here. Um, but I saw, I've seen people going nuts on these troopers, man, for, for Ahsoka. So, um, it's possible. <laughs> Maybe that's just a helmet over her shoulder and not a full Hey, would you, um, um but. would you think of the, uh, the Kenobi 501 variant that Hot Toys teased last week? Did you see that one? Um, it's, 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 it's the 501, but as they were presented in the Kenobi series, so the blue is a different color and they're a little shinier than the 501st that just came out this see? year. Well, maybe I didn't notice yeah, that. Ch- check it out know. after this. Cause it, it's, it's a, like a whole new huh. armor. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at it this week. We're doing a one six Do pack it. on Do Friday. It. Check so it out. Check it out and compare, they actually in the, uh, glamour shots, they compare the, the ones that came out this year with Rex and Ahsoka, and then this one that's going to be coming out next year. So check it out. I know yeah. some people are like, this oh, this is, a is nice sweet. Shot. Other uh, people are like, oh, fuck you, Hot Toys. We hate you. Just give us Anakin Skywalker reissue. <laughs> yeah, well, Hot Toys is a volatile uh, community for sure. It's it's just like Star Wars. Uh, and then Hot Toys, Star Wars, forget about it. Uh, but this is a, I like the lighting on this shot. It's really, really nice. Um, it's got a little bit of atmosphere and the, and the, that's what I like about like 
atmosphere makes these the guys in the back really feel like they're they're what back do you there, think you know I, I, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion on this because i'm someone that wants to do more of this a because it's easier and b i do think it looks well do you do you like when people just use that solid back black, uh, black background generally no especially when it like it's looking a little gray because of the atmosphere, whatever he's using with fog or atmosphere or mist or right. whatever. Um, but in this case, this is kind of postery. I don't think, I think, a, I think a busy background would get in the way. So in this case, I think if it fades back to like, we don't know what's back there, it could just be a wall. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends on how it's used in a portrait. Yeah, it's fine. I would have liked to have seen some, some, like I, I did a shot with Ahsoka a while back that, I just used some generic, like, they weren't even space walls. They were uh, uh, another, like, you couldn't see them, though. They were so out of focus that right. you couldn't tell it wasn't Star Wars. They were just some greeblies, and uh, it just looked like there was a texture back there. That's all. Um, which I might have preferred here, but it, it still works. It's still I've really done nice. Um, it's two nice, shoots nice. recently, believe it or not, and I've just, I've gone full digi. And what I'll do, I'll just, I'll grab, like, a, a fucking screenshot of a clone trooper or like or, or yeah. like from a you know clone war series or battlefront and i'll just kind of expand it a bit so it creates kind of like what you're saying almost like a pattern so you do get you, mm -hmm. you do get some bit of a background but it's 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 nothing yeah. detailed it's nothing i have to build or, or have practical shit in there so yeah, if you're doing a tight portrait, that's okay. fine, especially if it's more out of focus and you just can't tell right. what's back there. It's basically right. something to back it up, but it can get busy if you're doing a wider shot like this. And if you were doing one figure and not all these figures here and you just put a digital background behind it, that's not always great because you want some depth. You want some other oh, yeah. element yeah. to be in between your foreground you want a mid-ground, and then you want your background. All right, so, hey. But this I works. I had to ask. Nice. All right, well, there you go. At Zord, yeah. period, photography on Instagram. And that does it, my friends. As Nick usually says, that's the end of the show. So we know what to do. I know what to do. I need to shut this thing down and go lay in a couch in a dark room. But, <laughs> yeah, before, I, I can't. I can't. I, that's the best part about yeah. my life and with my leg and all the shit. I, I can't take NSAIDs oh, yeah. because I'm allergic to them. So I, I don't get any relief oh. from any pain of any kind, uh, which is why oh, I'm on God. the old medical system. Caffeine? I can't even have caffeine. I haven't, Fuck, dude, I haven't had a milligram of caffeine <laughs> since I was 20 years old. I'm going on. Oh, okay. So you're not a caffeine no, I, I don't, anyway, I don't need so it, but I, okay. I do miss a painkiller here or there i'll tell you that or, or like yeah. i can't take cold medicine because and it's the painkillers for your leg aren't affecting your head though? as long I mean, as it's not a, no i don't have to do that anymore as long as it's not an NSAID okay. i can try it and it may not kill me but if it's an NSAID yeah. like ibuprofen i'll like my throat closes my eyes shut it's, it's awesome Oof. It's good stuff. The body's fun. That did, that didn't happen till I was 26. <laughs> you know, my whole life I could I could eat. Uh -huh. I was eating ibuprofen in high school to play football. I mean, I remember like the, how the dumb shit we used to do before oh, a Friday yeah. game. We'd take two or oh, three yeah, rip yeah. fuel and then like six ibuprofen and go run out on a fucking football yeah. field. Like, oh, <laughs> you got a you got a young uh -huh. liver. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my God, I should be dead. 
All right, no, I really got to go. Like my, I, I keep taking my hat off. All my right. head is fucking killing me. But as I leave, right, let's get out of here. Don't forget. Thank you for. Having oh yeah, me that's on. right. Hey, everyone, if you're new here, Trevor is a. He was a guest host. Really, I I do appreciate it, man. That was great. Thanks for coming by. I think it made the Andor finale discussion way better than just me talking to myself and replying to stuff in the chat. And I think you brought toy visuals and Ellis with you. So I think every Tuesday yeah. now, I'm just gonna have to ping Trevor and be like, hey, can you can you uh, announce that the show's going live because no one pays attention on I our feed when that. we do it. I do it. mean to do it. I, I tune in and then I'm like, oh shit, I should. It's just like, <laughs> I do every once in a while. You are right. Like I should try more, but I, I tried for so long. It just, yeah. it would go nowhere. I mean, I'd be like, hey, show coming up. No response. Like, all right. Ask the audience, put it out, all your followers and just ask them to just, just, just you know, play or uh, repost your story. There you go. Or join the discord. I'm, I'm usually active in there. We do have a discord. You can find it via Instagram at star Wars time show, which again, you can get to, if you go to star Wars time.net, our home base on the internet, if you want to subscribe to the podcast version of the show, which is the same thing we just did, but words only no lovely looking bald guys. You can find those links over on StarWarsTime.net. If you want to sub to YouTube, we also got the links there. We make it easy for you. Just make sure to subscribe. And if you can, leave a rating or review because that is money for us. All right. There's no Patreons here. There's no paywalls. But if you could do the little things, like if you're listening now, like the video, leave a comment, sub to the channel. If you had hats for sale, I'd buy a there hat. You go. I, I have small ones that are making my head hurt really bad. You want one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got a giant I know, dude. I, I would love to send you one, but they're all smalls at this point. So, and there's no, no point in getting new ones cause they hardly sold when we did it. So uh, I'm out of the closing business, little, but, uh, if you have a small head, a we plug. still have a few over on star Wars time.net. <laughs> so, and that could be any of your heads, you know, use it as a, a loincloth. If you have to, if, if it doesn't fit your larger cranium, all right, people, we love you. Keep it going. There's always time for Star Wars time, but please spread the word. Talk about it. If you are new here and you enjoyed it, put on your to-do list. Tell a friend. Let's keep growing. Besides, as we always say, Trevor knows this. Joey C. knows this. Toy Visuals is about to know it. If you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always.